Welcome to Otaku Brothers, your friendly neighborhood gaming podcast featuring Rusty, R.E. Lewis 2011, and Ryan. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 55 of Otaku Brothers. My name is Rusty, and today, Saturday, 9 o'clock in the morning, I am finally reunited with my forever co-host and brother-in-law, Ryan. You've had an interesting morning. Yes, I have. I've been struggling. <laughs> I, I got up at 7.30, and um, I went to have like an apple and a protein shake before this to be prepared, get my uh, blood sugar going. Mm-hmm. So I got on RuneScape, and uh, I fletched a bit. While I borderlands it a bit. What's fletched mean? Is that RuneScape for Fletching what? Fletching is like working, like making bows and arrows and stuff. Oh, okay. Because last night I got a, a skill or 60 attack and I have to do a quest. And you can't bring any um, weapons or anything. So you can basically bring a log and a knife and then fletch your own bow. Okay. So I can attack this thing that could kill me. Um, so I got done with that. I failed at doing a boss in Borderlands 3, and then I went to drink my protein shake, and... <laughs> Hold on, my... let's, let's let's take a step back. So, you poured the protein powder and water into this little shaker bottle, right? Yeah, and I shook it up a few times, yeah. and it was cool. So then, I, I went down, and I got distracted by my two games that I was playing, yep. and then I unscrewed the cap because I went to drink it, and I was like, oh, no, it might not have, like, it might have <laughs> congealed again. So then I went to shake it, and I forgot that i had taken the cap off and it just bathed my living room in just protein powder and water <laughs> and it was gross what a- and like my leg is still sticky like all up my calf and like on my quad because my pants were high and like all over my glass table my floor my couch i was like awesome i'm getting less protein well and i have to clean this up <laughs> Well, glad you got over here safely. And uh, then I um, I dealt with the aftermath of a spicy Chipotle burrito slash spicy chicken from Red's Hot Sauce. Extra hot. Nice. Let's not... Don't get the extra hot. Yeah. It's it's pretty hot. Okay. Well, we're not going to dive into that experience because no. that sounds uh, like maybe a Taco Brothers after hours kind of discussion. So. It doesn't sound like any a Taco Brothers. Did someone <laughs> ask, like, how do you poop? A question? Yeah, I think Logan, speaking speak of the devil, because he actually submitted an audio question, which we'll get to later in the show. Yeah. He uh, asked us our favorite type of poops, I think. Yeah. That was like last was episode. Fine. But it's been three weeks, folks. We talked about that for like a half an hour. We did. We went on pretty long. Uh, and we're probably going to go on long for this episode because we've been gone for three weeks. So we were going to try and record Sunday, the week before I left for vacation, and then Thursday... But work was absolutely crazy for me. Um, One of the craziest weeks of work that I've had since I started my job at this new place. Uh, All good stuff. Let me me make that abundantly clear. Um, But Ryan and I didn't want to rush the episode. Senior executive producer of the podcast imparted some great wisdom that, you know, you guys do this for fun. Why just rush out episodes for the sake of doing so? Which I think is good because we were pumping out episodes so consistently that I think... um, our listenership was going down a little bit because people couldn't keep up. You know, there's the all-star listeners like Logan and Travis and Alec and Chronolink. Or Alec and Chronolink are one and the same, but you know what I'm saying. And uh, Him and his other personality who li- listen to it separately. That's right. they, they account for two different lessons. <laughs> they, do. they do. Well, I mean, if you listen to the audio question he submitted last time compared to how Alec li- Yeah, I love is. when he switched into his girl voice and then he switched back to his very tired no, voice. No, the tired voice was fantastic. So, you know, if you ever go to concerts and 
don't get a hotel room, Alec, and you're traveling the uh, the roads at one o'clock in the morning, feel free to like us on Sunday. Record yourself again. But uh, but yeah, so we didn't want to rush the episode out. I went to St. John, the Caribbean island, with my father. He uh, we were celebrating his 60th birthday, and my sister tagged along. Lauren, my wife, was there as well. We're, we're gonna dive into that. Don't even worry about it. But uh, Ryan, some interesting stuff happened with him over the past two and a half weeks. And we have a ton of games that we've played recently. One in particular, I've been waiting 12 long years to play. And yeah. I didn't even intend to begin this week. RuneScape. Well, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get you there eventually. Yeah. Um, it's, this is a gateway drug that I'm playing Good. right now. So Good. just going to ease you in with the marijuana, marijuana of uh, video games that's, or MMOs. That's very... To that's, get you into the cocaine that is RuneScape. <laughs> That's right. But um, I also want to dive into the Nintendo Direct that happened last week, I believe. A couple announcements that Ryan and I want to dissect there. If we have enough time at the back half of the episode, uh, depending on the time, what we're at, we would like to do some more hypotheticals. Yeah, It's always a fun thing to kind of squeeze into the episode if it's not too long. Uh, but yeah, good stuff. And we also got some Gmail questions and stuff on the Instagrams. But Ryan, you want me to talk about St. John real quick? Yeah, sure. Yeah, it was good times. So we went to... <laughs> That's it. All right. So <laughs> moving on. Yeah, next thing. <laughs> but uh, no, it was a lot of fun. I uh, had never been. My dad goes down there every year. This was his seventh consecutive year going down to St. John. Well, actually, not consecutive. So he did not go last year because he went down two years ago, and that's when Hurricane Irma hit. Mm-hmm. So he actually felt the brunt of that experience. He was hiding in a bathtub for like eight hours because it's pretty rough. But it's a good story, though. It, it is, yeah. I'll, I'll leave him to tell the tale. We'll maybe we'll get him on the podcast at some point. But <laughs> how de- does this work? You definitely, like like- <laughs> yeah. He doesn't no idea how to use technology. Um, you could definitely see the aftermath even two years later, as far as uh, the de- the devastation with just trees and landscapes and just even buildings. It was really pretty sad. But um, beautiful island, water was crystal clear. My biggest issue with with beaches and you know. Caribbean islands and things like that is sand. That's a big issue. But Lauren and I we're we're uh, mountain people. We mm-hmm. like you know camping, getting out and about, hiking that type of thing. Um, I struggle with sitting on a beach, baking in front of the sun for like eight hours a day. And the worst part of it is, yes, the sand. But couple that with having to apply suntan lotion like every thirty minutes. God, first world problems Dude, are the worst. It sucks. No, it's not fun at all. And then you just feel slimy and gross all day because you're you're baking. I had to drink and eat unlimited food and like I was on a beach. Hey, I'm just and it I'm just spitting the truth, Ryan. I'm just yeah. spitting the truth here. But you we, know what I was doing? What were you doing? When I wasn't on a beach. You were working. Yeah. There's lots of sand there. I don't know if you want me to feel bad for you, because there's not a whole lot of sympathy going on right now. Yeah, there isn't a lot of sympathy from you either. That's fine. Yeah. I'm just, no, my point in all of this was not to say like, oh my gosh, woe is me, I'm on this Caribbean island. So what was, It's, yeah. I prefer to be in the mountains. Yeah. That was the point of that. It looked like there were some big hills there. Well, yeah, so... In some of those pictures, at least. So navigating the roads is, is treacherous. It, yeah. They're really, really narrow paths. And you have these natives that have been on the island for their whole life, so they're using, they're driving these giant trucks or buses. They're coming at you like a million miles an hour, and these corners are super tight. You're going up these ridiculous wavy paths to get up the mountain. 
And we're in like this Wrangler Jeep that doesn't have, um, you can't take off the top. The windows in the back don't go down. And you're looking over these giant cliff sides that's nothing but rocks. And then you just hit the water. And so I know one of your biggest fears is going off into the water and not being able to get out of your car, water rising. And drowning. Dude, anxiety levels were through the freaking roof for me. Because you're going up this thing. How do you feel my pain? Yeah. (laughs) Well, I'm thinking like I have this, you know, like aluminum bottle. Is it hard enough to be able to shatter this window (laughs) if I can't get out? Because if my dad goes off and we hit the water, dude. You're concussed. You're knocked out. And then you wake up and you're underwater and you're freaking out. And then your lungs fill and you slowly get cold. That would be the experience. (laughs) So yeah, that that was one of the more frightful things. And so my dad loved the man to death and I had to humor him because of course it was his 60th birthday. We were going down there to celebrate him and that's all this trip was about. But you know, he always wanted to each day go to a different beach. There's the voice cracks. Yeah. Actually, we, we started the episode three different times because each time I tried to do the intro, my voice cracked. Yeah. So really hitting puberty Good hard start. these days at that ripe age, 26. But um, he wanted to go to a different beach each day. And so we were like, that's fine. Um, but, you know, we'd go to each beach. And sometimes when we'd park, it would be like a mile and a half walk um, through all this, like, vegetation, jungle-like area to get to this beach. I'm just picturing, like, a Tarzan experience. You're, like, fighting off jaguars. You know, like, <laughs> avoiding stampedes of elephants. And you're, like, you open up in the brush and it's just a beach. And you're, like, cool, I survived. <laughs> like, that's going to address that? That's kind of what happened, yeah. Yeah. Um, but to me, every beach was sand and water. Yeah. Like, there was no distinct, really, difference between all the different beaches for me. Um, but my sister and my dad love snorkeling. Mm-hmm. And so they would just go out in the water and snorkel for, like, an hour at a time. I don't like open water in the ocean very much. Like, I don't care. Beaches are really not for you. Then. They're not. I, I mean, I'm really not, an, like, a beach person. Yeah. I'm, I'm just not. I will happy to admit that. Did you see anything interesting, like, besides, like, sharks? Yeah, so I did it go out and snorkel a little bit, and there were sea turtles for days. Really? Oh my goodness! Yeah, they were just everywhere. Did they bite? No, I mean they're they. I mean, as long as you're not like interacting with them, trying to pick oh, them you up not or interact anything. With them? Well, no, I didn't try and pet them or anything. Oh, okay. Well, because oftentimes you're at the top of the water, and the water's twenty to thirty feet deep or something oh. like that. So it's not like you're swimming down to try and Let's grab a turtle. Grab a turtle, because um, they're in their natural habitat. I'm not trying to you know disrupt that. Okay, that's fair. But tons of unique fish. My sister saw an octopus. Um, there were some fish that were like four feet long, like just humongous fish. I didn't overstay my welcome when I was out there. Yeah. And especially when you get out of just the crystal clear water and you get into the brush where all the vegetation and algae and stuff is, when there's just these giant patches where you can't really see clearly around you, that's where I freak out. Yeah, it reminds me of like Harry Potter where the uh, oh, kelp yeah. grabs him and like pulls him down. With all those like people with sticks, I saw some of those. Yeah, they were everywhere. They're terrifying. Yeah, and then you get that egg that screams if it's not underwater. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you find one of those. I experienced or did you fail all at the Tri Wizard tournament. No, I won, but I experienced all that and so much more in the waters right. of Saint John Ryan. But uh, Cedric th- Diggory comes out. He's got gills and a shark face. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Edward, I see you. No, it was it was fun. That, we had a lot of good times, but I spent the bulk of my time reading The Fellowship of the Ring um, while I was on the beach, which uh, I'll get to that when we talk about the games we've been playing recently. I'm going to kind of just tie that into that whole section of the podcast. 
Um, enjoying it, but my gosh, Tolkien. One of the most archaic writing styles I've ever... And I've read a lot of classic literary works. How is it archaic? He he spends like five fucking pages to describe the leaves Grass. on a tr- on a tree. Like yeah. it's like, dude, I could literally take a hatchet to like a hundred pages of his book and make a really cohesive, you know. And the Cliff Notes version. <laughs> seriously, it's like, gosh. I mean, I love Peter Jackson's. Seven- Brother wins. <laughs> like, just period. <laughs> just like a hundred pages of white. <laughs> cool. Yeah, it, it's it's a lot to to digest. I mean, I literally I'm two hundred pages in, and we just got to Weathertop. Mind you, Holy the crap. book the book is four hundred pages. So well, they also cut up the movies a lot different than they did the books. It took them like one hundred and fifty pages to get out of the Shire. Yeah, that would kill me. You know what? Let's get into this right now. So I brought up some notes about. This, I, th- I believe Shellab's in Two Towers. The way that they cut the books. Yeah. So I, I wrote a few bullet points down here. Just some of the differences that struck me most up to the point <clears throat> where I've read now. Okay. So, and again, I haven't structured this very well, so this is going to kind of just be off the cuff here. So I said, <clears throat> excuse me, let me take a drink of water here. Ryan. Yeah, he's puberty <clears throat> and uh, coughing. It's been three weeks since we've recorded a podcast. It's kind of, you have to. Yeah, I'm surprised we could talk. Learn <laughs> Do this again. <laughs> so I well, said. There was, well, there was that one break where we like. It was like six attempts later, and then you're like, Brian, fuck it, you do the intro, and then I did the intro, and then you didn't like my intro, so you went back to doing the intro, and then you screwed it up three more times, and then I went. I'm a perfectionist, what like, can cool. I say? Um, Frodo didn't greet Gandalf into the Shire, like the movie, you know, in the beginning of the yeah. film. So that never happens. He just arrives at Bilbo's place, and him and Bilbo have a you know discussion. Um, during Bilbo's celebration speech... Because, you know, it's his 111th birthday. Yeah. Well, coincidentally, it's also Frodo's, I think, 33rd birthday, which for Hobbits is kind of like the coming of age year. Yeah. And so Bilbo makes that apparent that, like, not only are we celebrating my 111th birthday, but um, we're celebrating um, Frodo's coming of age year as well. And once he disappears, Gandalf actually knows that he's going to put on the ring and disappear. So he puts like a bunch of smoke and fireworks with with it to kind of make it seem like he was more of like a <clears throat> a circus act and not where the f did this guy just go. Okay. Um and also I didn't cuz when you watch the movie and he says I don't know half as you half as well as you deserve and I know less yeah. than half of you half as well as you should like or whatever the heck he says. Yeah. And it's just such a weird like sentence to say I was like wondering if Peter Jackson scripted that or if that was something Tolkien wrote and of course that was something that Tolkien wrote so for them to incorporate that in the film I thought was great um, but when he goes back to his place Bilbo Gandalf of course meets him back there and when he when Gandalf questions him in the movie are you going to leave the ring he says yes and as he's getting ready to walk out the door he's like Bilbo yeah and then he drops it on the floor and then Frodo picks it up when he comes in well, in the book, he actually puts it in an envelope. Okay. So yeah. Well, the reason that they did the like dropping on the floor is because one of the producers actually he dropped his wedding ring and he liked the like thud. Oh, really? Sound it made, and then they crafted a ring around that. Interesting. And then they did that scene. What well, is cool because I kind of, it shows you the weight of the ring. Yeah. Because once it hits, it just boom, it like pops down. Yeah. So I wonder how many takes that took. It's interesting, but 
Well, because they were doing a lot of like flimsier <clears throat> rings that like would bounce, mm. and then they ended up crafting it like this dude's wedding ring. Okay, here's where things get really interesting, Ryan. So in the movie, and I didn't look this up, so Travis, correct me if I'm wrong here. In the movie, when getting uh. When Frodo comes back home and he says, oh, you know, Bilbo's left. He's, he always said he would or whatever. Mm-hmm. And Gandalf has this discussion with Frodo about the ring, what it, what it is, the, the power of it, whatever. And he says, keep it secret, keep it safe. Mm-hmm. And then he leaves and does a bunch of research. Yeah. Well, it seems as if he comes back like the next night in, in the... Um, I think it's like 30 years or something. In the movie. Well, so... a couple years. It, well, it seems like he comes back the next night. Yeah, and then he runs to Minas Tirith. Yeah, like across the map, and then he comes back <laughs> using eagles, apparently, or like. And then he pulls Sam up, and they go on this long adventure, yeah. and they leave the Shire. In the book, it takes seventeen freaking years yeah. for Frodo to actually leave the Shire, which is ridiculous. Which is ridiculous. Yeah. And when he leaves, he he takes not only Sam, but he also takes Pippin with him. Okay. And so Mary, he he sells the um bag end. And he sells all of his possessions before leaving. And he ends up moving to another location to disguise that he's actually leaving. And he tells Mary to go prepare his new place for him. So basically all of the hobbits think that Frodo's just moving. He's not actually leaving and going on a, a long adventure like Bilbo once did years ago with the dwarves yeah. and Gandalf. So they're traveling. And when they in the movie, when Sam and Frodo cross Farmer Maggot or... Uh, yeah, Maggot's Farm or whatever it is. Yeah, he's you know has his pitchfork. They run into Merry and Pippin. Well, instead, Frodo, Pippin, and Sam actually go to his house because and and uh, Farmer Maggot recognizes Frodo because he tried to steal like onions or something like that when he was a kid. Yeah, he invites them in. They enjoy a meal. They stay at his place. He gives them like three ponies for the next day. Walks them to um. Uh, the fairy that they take in the movie when the Black Riders are chasing them. Yeah. And that's when they encounter Mary, and that's when they get on, like, the ferry and, and go to Bree. So it's less Nazgul's. Yes. Okay. Well, there there are, and there are, So remember the scene in the movie when they get under the tree stump? Mm-hmm. A scene like that does happen. Okay. And there's... When they cross the ferry and they look back, they see a cloaked figure, but it doesn't pursue them. So there's definitely a lot of, like, nods. Like, something is chasing them. There's Black cloaked figures you know chasing them or pursuing them um but they're not really sure why i guess it makes more sense like visually you want to keep people interested with some action Mm -hmm. opposed to like hey let's just play out 17 years or like whatnot yeah one of the other cool things when sam and frodo are traveling uh just the two of them in the movie they hear elves singing because they're leaving for Middle Earth, and then they walk up, and this might only be in the extended edition. I haven't seen the original cuts I'm in, trying to think in years. Of, yeah, what? They're leaving where? The Shire. Okay. So shortly after they leave the Shire, before they've been, um, before they meet Mary yeah, and Pippin, the Wood Elves. The Wood Elves. Yeah. So when they see those Wood Elves, and this totally makes sense for for uh, for movie purposes to cut this out, but I really appreciated it in the book. Um, not only did they see them, they actually spend the night with them. And this is when Frodo talks to, uh, what's his name, uh, Gildor, who's this elf that provides a lot more background about the ring, the Nazgul, and why they're pursuing him. Okay, because, so they did the exposition that way instead of through Strider. Well... Or does Strider still have exposition? He does, yeah. So when they go to the Prancing Pony, 
Um, is that what it is? Yeah. Yeah, it's the Prancing Pony. So once they get there, Mary ends up not coming with them. He stays behind and says, I need some fresh air. So Pippin and Sam are up at the bar, and Frodo's kind of off the scene, just kind of like, he's kind of a bystander watching this party unfold in the Prancing Pony. Well, he sees Strider in the corner, and in the movie, he asks the bartender, like, hey, who's that cloaked fi- figure over there? And he's like, oh, well, he's a ranger, he's one of them ranger folk, comes and goes. Mm-hmm. He's known around, here, around these parts as Strider. None of that dialogue happens. Strider actually waves him over to come over and talk to him. So Frodo has a conversation, sits down with Strider, <clears throat> and they both see Sam and Pippin, and they start talking about Bilbo's celebration speech. And they talk about how he disappeared and put on the ring. And so all these these brief folks are like, wait, what do you mean? What he dis- he disappeared? And, and Strider's like egging Frodo on, like, you better stop your friends before he says anything else. So Frodo, instead of running towards them, jumps on top of the table and starts singing. Ah. And so he's, he's, he has this crazy long song about the cow jumping over the moon. Okay. And after he finishes singing it, all the people kind of encourage him to sing it again. So this time he sings it a lot more, with a lot more enthusiasm. And once he gets to the point about the cow jumping over the moon, he literally leaps falls the ring falls out of his like flings in the air and falls on uh, his finger and that's when he disappears interesting so it's it's really interesting how it seemed so natural in the movie how it Uh played out but the way in the book i don't know if i like it more or less but i think it's it's just the differences are pretty cool that is pretty cool and so after that instead of strider ripping him up into a room he kind of just pretends it doesn't happen goes under the table where strider's at takes it off and then sits back down and then that's when people are like scratching their heads like what the heck just happened they come over to Frodo and like hey you just disappeared he's like no I didn't I just fell and I went to the table and but that's when the Nazgul start pursuing um, okay. and then that's kind of how all that unfolds no you didn't see anything what are you talking about <laughs> yeah. I'm just thinking like slide up <laughs> but one of my Stop. one of my favorite uh, lines of dialogue in the film is when they are up in the room after he's put on the ring is when is when uh, Aragorn asks them, "Are you frightened?" And he says, "Not nearly frightened enough." That dialogue happens in the book. Oh, it does. It's worded a little bit differently, but yeah, it also happens. So, a lot of subtle differences that, that I've seen so far. Um, some great. I think the hardest part is just, and I'll admit this: like there were literally pages where I would see no dialogue between characters. It was just describing like trees and whatever, mm-hmm. and I just skipped it. Now I know it's terrible, but like. I was also part of a challenge to finish the book within a month. Today's actually the deadline. I didn't finish it. I don't really care. Not a big deal. Um, I don't really want to feel tied down to having to finish this. Well, it's hard to read four hundred page book and when you have a job and you're gone on vacation. And for a lot of people, it's not. But I also haven't read books consistently other than textbooks in literally like seven years. Or Game Informer. Yeah. Or Strategy Guide. <laughs> yeah, like actual novels, and especially a novel that was written for people that were living in the 40s and 50s you know at the time i don't remember the last book i've read beyond this it was a manga it was it was anime like i yeah or yeah i mean i haven't read a an actual novel in years which is terrible i mean i don't like you know i i get too fidgety that's my problem yeah like what do i do like sit down if i'm sitting down i could be looting stuff (laughs) (laughs) so yeah i started aragon but I don't know. It's it's hard to. Yeah, I definitely want to finish it because I'd like to, as I continue to read the book, 
um, continue because I have a great article that pulls all the differences between film and book uh, with each kind of major event happening. So I'd like to, as I continue reading, talk about on the podcast how they differ. Because, I mean, I think it's really interesting, and I think a lot of our listeners are big fans of Lord of the Rings. So I think it's interesting. It could be fun. One quick story that I want to share about the trip. Uh, my sister's a piece of work and a half. I mean, she really is. I love her, but um, she's technically older than me, but from a maturity perspective, I think she's about 10 years younger than me. Yeah. And so... At least. Yeah. She creates so much drama that it drives Lauren and I up the wall. And Sarah can pick on me, and from Lauren's perspective, I'm speaking on behalf of Lauren, she can pick on Lauren, and that's no big deal. But when she undermines our relationship, and so help me, compares our relationship and our marriage to her shitty relationships with her boyfriends that she's like bouncing around to a different guy, like it seems like every couple of years. And when... It is a different guy. There are people that treat her poorly. Mm-hmm. They are immature. And they in no way instill any sense of confidence in Sarah. They don't push her, challenge her, or anything like that. And it drives me nuts. Yes. There's a reason that I waited 22, 23 years to date anyone. Because my father's been divorced twice. I think the apple doesn't fall too far from the tree when it comes to my sister and my dad as far as relationships go because yeah. my dad also, he's a womanizer. I, I will go ahead and say that. Womanizer, womanizer. All of that to say, Sarah I just... I can't sing the next verse of that, so I don't know. Because she just like rambles on. Ah, na, 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 and just spews nonsense. Is that Britney Spears? Britney Spears. Yeah. Um. So yeah, Sarah... She's toxic. She is. Yeah. So is my sister. Um, it's a it's a Britney Spears song. But anyways, yeah, she just creates a lot of unnecessary drama. Um, and so by the end of the trip, Lauren and I were just done with it. Mm-hmm. My dad had two friends come into town who I absolutely love, um, Bob and Lori. Bob is a New Yorker. He's a chef. He's just an all-around outstanding human being. Super kind, very just, just good times. Yeah. He, he's, he's just the life of a party, if you will. And so Lauren and I wanted to spend time with him and Lori, but they were going to the beach the first day that they were down there. And so Lauren and I were like, you know what? We need a day at the pool, just the two of us to kind of hang out. So Lauren and I did that. We just hung out at the pool and we said, hey, when you guys go to lunch at this local place called Shambles, it was previously Driftwood Dave's, but after Hurricane Irma hit, um, I'm getting Discord notifications and I'm, I think the listeners can hear these. Okay. Um, Sorry about that. So let me try and mute uh, notifications on this real quick. Okay. You know what? Forget it. Listeners, Discord notifications aren't a big deal. Uh, It was previously called Driftwood Days. It's now called Shambles because the owner, after the hurricane happened, he went back to his bar after he left a sheltered area and everything was destroyed. All the bottles, all the chairs, the furniture, everything was destroyed and he was just sitting in it and thinking like, it's in shambles. And he thought, at first, I'm done with this business. I can't continue. But then he kind of got this second wind and was like, no, I'm going to take this and create a new business and call it Shambles. That's cool. So, um, It's doing well? It is doing well. Um, I'm actually going to open Discord because one of our listeners, actually, Josh, I think he is uh, lighting up one of the Discords that I'm a part of. And All right, we're all good, Ryan. Discord has been muted. I actually uninstalled the app because I couldn't figure out how to to (laughs) mute the channel. But um, 
Yeah, so we end up, my dad uh, texted me and said, hey, we're at Shambles. I dropped Bob, Lori, and your sister off coming over to pick you guys up. So he picks us up and we get to Shambles. My sister um, is two and a half margaritas in. Okay. So she is incredibly obnoxiously loud. So her bass is already that way. So it must be exponential. It, that's right. That's right. So we should clarify that Sarah's already very loud to begin yeah. with. And so when you add alcohol to that mix, it's exponential. You're what, Italian? Worse. Yes, we're Italians. Yeah. So just picture like the louder end of the Italian spectrum. Yeah. And then, yeah. Yeah. So we get, we sit down. So the seating order, we're on a, like a bar, a strip of a bar. So it's Bob, Lori, my dad, Sarah, Lauren, and myself. Mm-hmm. Well, these two British folks come um, to the bar, and my sister, of course, freaks the heck out because she and my dad befriended them at one of the beaches earlier in the week. Mm-hmm. And so, Lauren and I aren't haven't even finished our first drink yet. We've only been there for like five, ten minutes. And so, Sarah asks, "Is either Sarah or my dad? Doesn't even matter. W- would you guys mind just moving down two seats so our friends can sit here?" And Lauren and I look at each other like. We just freaking chopped liver over here. It's our last day on the island. Whatever. So we moved down two seats and allow these two people. No one's talking to us. No one's paying a lick of attention. Not that I need it, but like I wanted to spend time with Bob and Lori and of course my dad. Yeah. And so the other side of the bar is filled with locals, people that actually live on the island. And Lauren and I finish our first round of drinks. He comes over, the, the bartender. His name was Nathan. Really, really cool guy. And he looks at us and says, what are you guys drinking? I look at him. I look down at the bar. I said, something to deal with her. And he's like, I got you. (laughs) So he came back and I took a sip. And he's like, what do you think? I was like, it's good. He's like, yeah, that's like three quarters vodka. And I was like, awesome. So Lauren and I pounded a few of those. We were feeling really, really good. The sad thing of it was not an hour after we were there, the entire bar was cleared everyone left yeah and and i saw them like sarah would just laugh or say something and they would just look out of the side of their eye like are you kidding me yeah like for me i don't like i like a low profile Mm -hmm. like i don't like to be bugging anyone i don't like anyone bugging me with like loud obnoxious like things so like if that was the case i'd like shrink down to be like dude i'm sorry like my bad like, well that's why i'm almost glad that we moved down two seats because it's like we're not even associated yeah, yeah we're not even associated with them um it, it was just drove us up the wall and it was like that every single day so all of that to say lauren and i were pouring rum drinks by 1 p.m every day <laughs> just to well, deal with that yeah i mean and it makes me laugh because i got a text like midway through the week and you're like no it was tuesday and we got there sunday yeah, it was. Yeah, I guess it was earlier than I thought, and it was like, dude, I shouldn't have complained on the Alaskan cruise because by the last day, one, we were all sick, mm-hmm. and then you were like, dude, I hate all you guys. Yeah. I just want to be alone, and like, you're like, dude, I had no right to complain. Yeah, no. I was like, thanks, bro. I got you. Yeah, well, I didn't because Sarah was just driving me up a wall. Next time we Two go days on a vacation together, I'll just start like laughing obnoxiously in your ear, but, like, huh? Yeah. You want to complain? Like, what are <laughs> yeah. you getting like that mood by the like day five? Yeah. Um, but all of that to say, it was a great trip. Outstanding weather, especially with Hurricane Doreen. Um, or 
Is it Dorian or Dorian? I think Dorian. Dorian. Yeah, especially with that looming over the Bahamas, just devastation upon uh, Grand Bahama, which is really sad. Yeah, I think two of... There's a lot more islands than I thought there was in the Bahamas. Yeah. I think it was just two main ones that got hit, but they're not doing well. Yeah, so it rained like one day while we were down there, and it's it's like Florida. It rains for like five or ten minutes, and it's done. Yeah. Um, so that was nice, but... Really nice to come home. So your parents uh, very graciously looked after Scooby for the week. Um, and, of course, you helped out tremendously, so I appreciate that, Get, yeah. especially getting the stake in the ground so he can run all outside. Yeah, well, so my dad, he uh, he loves landscaping, and I think that's kind of an understatement for, like, normal people. He ordered 20 yards of dirt on Friday, mm-hmm. and he took, like, a half day to go do it. And it comes in a dump truck. And 20 yards is a maxed out dump truck. And the reason he gets 20 yards, he wanted more. But it's because there's a fixed cost of 150 bucks just to get the dump truck out there. And he's like, I might as well amortize it over 20 yards opposed to like three or four. So it turns out, like we ended up, I helped him a little bit Friday. Came in the morning on Saturday and the dog was going to be in a cage when we were outside because we can't have him like we can't leash him while we're doing dirt and stuff yeah yeah. i was like that's bullshit so i ended up going to uh this pet place in where we live it wasn't there went to walmart found a steak we got i jerry rigged it because it was meant for like a clothesline (laughs) so i like there was a shorter leash and i like slip knotted used my boy scout skills nice and like got him on the leash and we put him in the backyard and like we'd get a load of dirt and like every time we'd go to the front yard he'd just be sitting there attentively like looking at us waiting for us to come back to the backyard and like every load of like wheelbarrow that we do we'd sit down for like 30 seconds pet him a bit go back do a load go back pet him a bit and then go like it was the most inefficient process no but i'll tell you what that helped tremendously with his uh separation anxiety yeah because before you left and when laura and i first got scooby and up and yeah up until we left um if we took a shower he'd sit in front of the shower curtain and cry because he thought we disappeared if we went to the the restroom he'd follow us to the restroom and so you guys leaving to get um mulch and coming back and and petting him and loving on him and doing that so many different times it trained him to think that like oh they're coming back they're not leaving me for good because he was abandoned, you know, we got him up from a shelter, and so <laughs> we did that for like four hours on Saturday, and then like another three or four on Sunday. So I, yeah, I it conditioned him. It yeah. conditioned him, and so, and I I knew it because when I um, I worked from home the the following Monday because we didn't get home until like twelve o'clock in the morning um, the Sunday, uh, last Sunday, and so when I was working from home, I got myself a cup of coffee. I sat down at the kitchen table. Um, and you know, opened up my work laptop and started working. And Scooby started out sitting on the couch. Well, then he started going towards the room, and I'm like, "Oh no, he's gonna take a shit somewhere." So I, I, I wait a few seconds just to see. Okay, is he gonna? Just, I'll let him crap if he's gonna crap, and then come yeah. back, and then I'll discipline him. But he didn't come back, and I'm like, "What's going on?" <laughs> so then I go into the room, and he just looks so adorable. He's sitting, um, sprawled out in the bed, just going back to sleep. He, he was like independent. It's like yeah. like letting my child go to preschool or sending my shipping my child off to college. It's like, wow, like they're independent now. Like I have to let them go. Like it was ridiculous. And so it's been really cool to see that growth in him. Um, well, I think Lauren's talking to the parents because he was really, he wasn't really nippy when you guys got him back from the parents. Yeah. Or like, and she's like, 
how the hell did you guys discipline him? And now he's like biting all the time. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think your dad has pretty relatively big hands. Yeah. And if he did smack Scooby, he probably smacked him pretty damn hard. Yeah, I don't know if he smacked him. He wasn't like he didn't let him get up on counters. There was no food because he's like Lauren doesn't like him getting food. And then no I, human food. Let's yeah. let's clarify. <laughs> <laughs> we starved him for a week. <laughs> He was by the end. I mean, the last day he was eating the dirt because he dug a hole and he was just chowing on dirt. Yeah, because he we didn't feed him. <laughs> um, yeah, it was a good time. And then Dad was like, "Hey, so I looked up the weight of a cubic yard of dirt, and I was like, oh, okay, it's probably like a hundred pounds or whatever." So it was a mix between dirt and sand, mm-hmm. and we kind of averaged the two just to get like a rough ballpark. It's about 2,250 pounds per cubic yard. Oh, my gosh. And we got 20 of them. Whoa. It's 45,000 pounds of dirt is what we moved that weekend. And, like... I hope you had, like, 45 Chipotle burritos to make up for that. Dude, I did not... Like, we've done probably probably close to 15 to 20 dump trucks so far in our life. Over the years, yeah. Yeah, over the years. And, like, it was just this one where we realized how stupid that was. Because we'd have neighbors, like, come be like, hey, that's a lot of dirt. Like, you doing it by hand? And we're like, yeah. And I'm like, yeah, I'm free labor. He bought me a couple steaks, but that's, that's <laughs> about it. He And paid for my college. He so. also kind of created me, so. <laughs> yeah, paid for college. He created me, whatever. I kind of owe him. Yeah. But, like, 45,000 pounds. And, like, the next day, I think I did, I did the ab wheel. Mm-hmm. At my gym, and like you go down and you put some pressure on your back. No, you do. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. When you go like fully down, and after lifting maybe twenty thousand pounds of dirt the weekend before, my muscles were shot. So I was about like, to say my body would be wrecked. My back, my lower back. I was like, Dad, we need to take a day off. Yeah. <laughs> like we're dead. Um, but yeah, it's. Don't look up the numbers. Don't look up how much things are weighed. Ignorance is bliss. That's right. And it's not. I've. I didn't appreciate that so much until this. I don't like being tied to numbers, Ryan. <laughs> I'm my own man. <laughs> don't keep me down. You want to get into some uh, Instagram questions? Yeah. All right, let's do it, man. Have you saved yet? Yeah, yeah. Because cool. listeners don't. What's that? On the break where we. Yeah, the listeners Discord. don't know, but yeah, when I was uninstalling <laughs> Discord, I couldn't figure it out, so I had a little slight pause. Okay. Yep. All right, so if you want to follow me on Instagram and Twitter for that matter, Ari Lewis 2011, <laughs> hashtag voicecrack. Voice um, yeah, so 24 hours before we record the podcast, I typically throw up a little query on the Instagram asking you guys to ask us a question, and I typically try and add a uh, an, another question so that people don't even listen, can kind of add their own little thing. And this week I said, if you don't want to ask us a question... Tell us what your favorite cereal is when you were a child. A wee little lad, if you will. Or less. And Travis, I swear we're the same person. He says, I shit you not, it's life. Regular, plain old life cereal. Ryan, you can't, I don't think you can see, but you know what's behind the uh, KitchenAid back there? Can you see it? Life. It's life. Travis, the best damn cereal out there. And it's hel- it's relatively healthy. It's just that subtle sweetness to it that it has that little bit of sugar. And when it gets nice and moist in the milk, yeah. oh. Dude, it's so good. Life is, life is uh, life. Life. Um, Chrono Link, life is life. <laughs> <laughs> Chrono Profound. Link nine one. 
says cinnamon toast crunch is the bomb yo yes i also still really enjoy me some lucky charms too um i agree both cereals are delicious magically delicious if you will chronolink91 also says other amazing breakfast foods are toaster strudels i still have memories of watching my brothers play mario super mario rpg while i ate those one saturday morning those are really good i never never had them as a kid but i had them as an adult and like they have a good amount of ratio between like the frosting and this toaster strudel Mm -hmm. it's really they're actually pretty good you remember you remember the movie holes Yes. Do you remember the kid that played Zero? Uh-huh. Had the kind of the afro hair? Um, well, he's the one that stole the sneakers, actually. Yeah, yeah. I remember he was one of the... Um, Leone or... What is his name? Oh, we're not talking about... We're not going to try and figure out Louis Satchar's weirdo names for his characters okay. right now. Um, I think he was one of the main people in the advertisements for Toaster Strudels. I remember watching like Nickelodeon, of course, Saturday morning, Wake yeah, Up. Yeah, I think so. I mean, because, what was that peach cinnamon thing he tried to sell as sneaker stuff? Oh, yeah. Um, sploosh. Sploosh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Holes is and a great movie. Was, well, Dad wants he, at his uh, funeral to be that song being played, digging up, up holes. Yeah. Because <laughs> he's dug so much. Yeah. Um, good stuff. I like the, the childhood memory there, too. Fem Trooper page says tricks and Mickey's magics. I wonder if that was like a short-lived Mickey's magic. Siri, you want to pull up a picture of that, Ryan? Tricks are the ones that are really colorful, right? Yes. And they're for kids, Ryan. <laughs> Not for rabbits. Uh, what was it? Magical Mickey's? <laughs> uh, Magic Mike, I think is what it was. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm not looking that up on my work computer. Mickey's magics. Mickey's. Oh, I've seen these before. I don't think they're still in production. Maybe it is. I don't know. Christmas. Mickey's magical Christmas. Mickey's in his sorcerer's hat. It kind of looks like an off-brand Lucky's Charms. Okay. Or Lucky Charms. Good stuff. Oh, yeah. I remember these. These were good. Matt, your friend. Really? Lives in um, Western Areador. Okay. Or Chicago. (laughs) He said, is it unreasonable to suggest eating only the marshmallows and Lucky Charms? It is. No, it's not. I like the, the whatever the heck God, else. God, I like the bland, like, cardboard that's mixed in <laughs> with my marshmallows. I do. They complement one another, Ryan. Like you and me on this podcast. What am, am I the cardboard? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Thanks. I you're, appreciate that. You're welcome. Knickknack Anime. Give a dog a bone. He says, I'm mainly a Frosted Flakes guy. Okay, that's good. Yeah. Also talking about great cereals, Waffle Crisp needs a comeback. Waffle Crisp. My dad ate Waffle Crisp exclusively through the entire years of his 40s, I think. (laughs) It's like a staple of his life. That and Tang. He drank that in the morning. (laughs) Hey, Tang and Waffle Crisps. Kind of a health icon. (laughs) (laughs) This is how I maintain my 10-pack. Yeah waffle crisps oh dude i remember these waffle crisps were good stuff i i like how they put all <laughs> of these like these crazy animate or anime eyes on like inanimate objects like it's just a waffle with giant eyes and eyebrows <laughs> if that's not gonna clear the shelves i don't know what will um or, there was like an all the cereal icons are just crazy looking characters 
I was a big fan of uh, Reese Puffs. Reese's Puff, yeah. Those were good because they turned the milk really like chocolatey and peanut chocolatey. buttery. Yeah, they were at my grandpa's. And then I was a fan of Honey Nut Cheerios and then the the Apple version. They kind of stole the Apple Jacks yeah. as a rebranding. It's a competition in the you don't want a monopoly in the cereal market. That's right. <laughs> and uh, then what else was there? Frosted Flakes were good. Yeah. Fruity Pebbles, come on, man. Fruity Pebbles. And there's a chocolate Fruity Cocoa Pebbles. Pebbles. Cocoa Pebbles. <laughs> yeah, naturally. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and they had Fred Flintstones on those. Yeah. They had some weird marketing. They did. But Do I, kids nowadays even know who Fred Flintstone is? I mean, they are? still make Fruity Pebbles, so yeah. I don't, I don't know if they still have those characters on the box anymore, though. Fruity Pebbles. Because Bam Bam used to be on there. Oh, they still are. Yeah. Now... <laughs> Booty, bootios. What? <laughs> Look, I don't know if I want that. Bootios. <laughs> Ryan's recent search results <laughs> on his work Shit. on his work computer. <laughs> Ryan looked up bootios on his work computer. Good. Um, it's cereal, I swear. It. Yeah, I'm a big fan of life. Oh no. Ew, fruity pebbles cheesecake. That's questionable. Yes, All right, I'll sign the check and take a, an Uber to the hospital. Um, yeah. Life's great. Uh, Lucky Charms were a big staple in my childhood. Cinnamon Toast Crunch, Fruity Pebbles. Yeah. What are, what are those healthy cereals? Oh, Cookie Crisp. <laughs> yeah, that's the first healthy cereal that comes to mind. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't answering your question. I was thinking of another childhood cereal oh, okay. favorite of yeah, mine. Yeah, I figured. Yeah. <laughs> Talk about poor timing. Yeah. Special K? <laughs> no. God, there's some like um, Trader Joe's cereals that were really good, like a whole grain and they're like clumped together. Oh, yeah. Those are really good. Okay. I like raspberry, not raspberry, dehydrated raspberries and stuff in them. Okay. Yeah. Good stuff. Raisin Bran's not too bad. Yeah, no, I actually really like Raisin Bran. Yeah. Because it has raisins mm-hmm. and a brand. And a lot of sugar. Chronolink91 asks one more question. He says, asking this not as an audio question, so you have a chance to compile ahead of time. Well, actually, we don't because um, Ryan doesn't. I actually did look last night. I cheated. Balls, man. He says, favorite video game box art. And pause real quick. So, um, Zach Archer, who records the Tarkaron podcast, link in the show notes, with Alec. He texted me last night at like 6.50 and... uh, well, this is actually when I was at your place, when mm-hmm. you were playing Borderlands 3, and I was playing the game that I'll get to eventually. And he's like, hey, are you free for like an hour or two? And I'm like, like right now? <laughs> and he's like, no, like 7.30. And I was like, <laughs> I just started laughing. I'm like, no, dude. Like, um, What? I was like, I'm hanging out with Ryan right now. I was like, wow, what's going on? Are you guys recording the podcast? And he said, yeah, someone dipped out on, on them uh, last minute. So they were looking to fill in the spot. And I said, no, man, sorry. But what they were doing, and hopefully um, Alec doesn't get mad at me for uh, getting this hot off the presses news um, that they're going to be doing on their podcast, but similar to kind of our bracket system that we did uh, back in March for best video games for different generations, they're doing um, a similar challenge, but with video game box art. And I think they're debating it amongst the the co-hosts as to which video game box art should move on. 
Dude, this is something I should have prepared for. Well, no, we're not doing something like that. We're just talking about like well, I did just any box art because I can't visually see. <laughs> like Jesus. <laughs> well, I got Borderlands Three yesterday, and the box art is actually really cool. It does look pretty cool. Yeah, it's metallic, which shiny things are awesome, and it's. I mean, I love the cell shadedness of all the Borderlands. That style gets me going. Mm-hmm. Ruffles my jimmies. <laughs> so like. I don't know. Is it the same type of cell shaded as uh, Breath of the Wild? It's a little bit different. It's, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Less lines. In I Breath would say. Of the Wild. You want to stop like picking your toenails into the. Sorry, the I was wood. like itching in between my toes with your <laughs> table. It's <laughs> <laughs> a little gross. Um, there, I, I showered, man. It's yeah. It was just itchy. There's jam between those toes, man. I don't want to that. No, it's protein man. powder between <laughs> those toes. That's right. <laughs> One of my favorites, understandably so, is Kingdom Hearts. I just love the yeah. Kingdom Hearts moon in the background. Really the dark Which one? cover. The first one. The third one's really nice, too. Love the third one, because you have the entire cast of characters. All looking at another moon. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, the first Kingdom Hearts is really great. I was looking last night um, at some, like, some of the most notable box arts. One that I came across that I didn't remember being this ludicrous, that I just want to kind of paint the picture and dissect for you guys real quick. Loco Roco 2. On the PSP. If you haven't played it, you should check it out. You can get both of them on the PlayStation Store. Look up a picture of this shit. And you have Archimedes the Green Owl over here from Sword in the Stone. Looks high as a kite up, up in the top right corner. You've got three local Rokos. Pleasantly plump. Three corners of the case here. They're just chilling. No one's bothering them. Except for the furthest one on the right. You have a little bumblebee that's about to poke this guy's uh, zit, looks like. Um, what else we got here? You've got Treebeard the Ent. He's chilling right here. He's got, um, what is this little guy here? He's got a Pianta from Super Mario Sunshine. Do you remember those, like, little guys that were native to the island? He's, like, doing the moonwalk on Treebeard's head. And then you've got Bob Ross, (laughs) a fucking celery stick, singing Dual Fates from, uh, Star Wars The Phantom Menace. You looking at this? Well, I, I can see it on your screen. He's got some friends from the VeggieTales. He's got like a little uh, grape tomato, a good and plenty, and a black olive singing with him. And then we've got like two cauliflower clouds in the middle of the thing. This rivals the Mona Lisa for me, Ryan. <laughs> They're basically the same. Super Mario Galaxy... If anything, I think that's better. <laughs> Super Mario Galaxy 2 um, looks pretty nice. Mario's kind of flying with Yoshi um, through the sky... What are some other ones that look pretty cool? Dragon Quest. This Majora's Mask has a really cool cover. It's uh, here. Hmm. So you got all these characters in the background. Oh, that's the 3DS version. Yeah, that's really cool looking. And then you have him covering up his face with a mask and like the angry moon. So um, the moon is falling to earth, right? Yeah, yeah. The Japanese boxer for Eco looks really pretty cool. Um, Okami looks great. I'm looking at a list of like some of the... This is like the definitive 50 greatest video game covers of all time. And actually, Bob Ross and Loco Roco 2 made the cut. Knights of the Old Republic is really sweet. Is that Darth Revan, Ryan? Uh, Darth Malak. Oh. Get your shit together. Fucking us. You're killing us, man. But you know what I'm not going to forget later in the show, Ryan? Who Darth Malak is? No, I'm not going to forget about your Pokemon shinies that we need to talk about. Yes. 
Yes, we do. Thank you for writing in on the Instagrams. Maybe what I really want to start thinking about now, especially for the time investment that it took last March, um, as far as that bracket goes. Yes. If we do want to do another bracket like that, how we would create it and what it would consist of. Because I think video game box art is an interesting idea. I don't want to steal their thunder. And finding 64 cool box arts would be pretty challenging. Yeah, I don't think I've played 64 games that have cool box art. Yeah. So, we really have to kind of think about what... This medium, where we're just talking with no pictures, is really hard to visually show people without them having to... I mean, they're listening to, on like, their drives and stuff. So, for us, we can't show them, and they can't be Googling if they're, like, driving to work, Mm -hmm. right? So... Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. I mean, if maybe if we did like a like the face cam version of this, we could show them the box art, but that's not what this is. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm totally game to do another bracket. Soundtracks would be, I think, another natural transition or move. Um, yeah. I don't know how copyright works if we're playing all these soundtracks. Oh, I don't think we'd play the music. I mean, we might play like, yeah, it wouldn't make sense to not play at least little snippets. Yeah, so they're like, oh, I like this song cool like i can't you're a music person you hear all of this shit Mm -hmm. like oh here play this mordor song that i heard on whatever (laughs) and you're like here minute 1.2 actually it was the 57th second of the first song of the (laughs) middle age here's where the flutes come in it's like (laughs) dude how like there's a scary dude on the cover and um i don't we we'll have to think of something else that would be good for podcasting Mm mm-hmm like, for video games, they can picture the games. That's pretty easy. Well, I think the way we separated between the different generations made sense last time. Yeah. Um, yeah, we just have to think about... Yeah, what would make sense for listeners where they wouldn't have to be Googling things and looking things up or playing soundtracks to remember? Um, we'll figure it out. We've got yeah. plenty of time. I think I'd like to, in the December month, um, or the wintery months, I should say, kind of start putting that together. So, yeah. we'll figure it out. But Ryan, we um, we got some Gmail questions. You want to get to those? Yeah, I'm game. Let's do it. If you want to write into the show, uh, feedback, questions, suggestions, uh, topics, whatever you want to write in, you can write in at otakubrotherspodcast at gmail.com. Ryan, senior executive producer of the show, Travis, writes in. So, And he the subject header to this is Paw Patrolling the Spanish Inquisition. Okay. <laughs> Buckle up. He says, Happy autumn, gents. While Rusty was off sizzling in the sun, true story, I had three weeks of write-in topics building up. Oy vey! I suppose I need to stick to business first. Ryan had a couple questions for me last time. God of War 4? I'm replaying on a non-New Game Plus file, so I'm not going for Zeus Armor yet. Okay. When I've been able, I've been replaying to re-experience the story and explore some corners I didn't uh, the first time. When I had more time for gaming as a kid, I always played a game twice. I played the first time to experience the story, and the second time to hit side quests. I'm adopting the old style for this for this one. RuneScape, yeah boy. He says, I wasn't a hardcore player who, who paid. He never put dollars into it, Ryan, have okay, you? Okay, so it's free to play. Yeah, so there's a subscription, and you open up a, a large portion of the map. Okay. Um, I th- back in the day, that was the only monetary kind of thing. Okay. It's like... Th- wow is a subscription based thing just picture if there was a free version and they cut off a portion of that map okay i got you so he says i wasn't a hardcore player who paid but i definitely logged many hours a week on the free servers 
I had some friends I'd be uh, I'd made by playing in game. In addition to some quote unquote real world friends who played, I played from age 13 until probably 15ish. I don't remember doing too much grinding for skills, but I do remember the following: one, special holiday items. Yes. Number two, scamming noobs with some sort of min- uh, minerable ore and acting like it was rare. Yes. <laughs> three. Quote, Lummy was for noobs, and Varrock was where the cool kids hung out. That's so true. And <laughs> there's another funny one. It was, like, buying girlfriend. <laughs> like, buying GF. Uh-huh. And, like, people would pay, and then, the, like, the other player would follow you around for a bit. <laughs> to be your girlfriend. So you guys were encouraging <laughs> prostitution. Yeah, that was totally prostitution. Wow. Looking back. <laughs> Shit. Good. Did I admit to something? You did. <laughs> That's going to be held against you someday when you run for office. Yeah. <laughs> Ryan on a podcast, he, uh, he admitted to buying girlfriend. Uh, in other news, Travis goes on. My recent playing has been a huge dichotomy. During the day, I've been playing a the Paw Patrol game with my daughter. She loves it, and it's been a great first step in learning to use the joystick and jump button in unison without penalty. Though she still needs daddy's help for some light platforming. That's awesome, Travis. I love that. And when I saw that game at Walmart, I nearly bought it and sent it to you because it was like, it was discount. It was like $30. And I just, I was so excited because I know uh, your daughter is a tremendous fan of the Paw Patrol show. Anyways, he says... Uh, is it on Switch? I think it's on PS4. It might be on other consoles. Okay. I saw it on PS4 at uh, Walmart. Looks adorable. But yeah, it looks like a little 2D like platformer. Yeah. It looks, does look adorable. Um, by Nightfall, he says, I'm slogging through the fucked up world of Blasphemous. <laughs> tearing apart the horrors of a roid-raging Spanish Inquisition. It's Castlevania with gore-drenched religious imagery and a haunting Spanish guitar-driven soundtrack. Absolutely loving it. I'll definitely continue to share in the coming weeks. So Pete streamed this. He did something unusual. He streamed it during the uh, like morning, early afternoon, Yeah. Uh, the day it came out. And if you haven't seen any footage of Blasphemous, I'd actually never heard of it before like literally the day of its release, and Pete was playing it. And what it is, is as well, to kind of build on what Travis just described, it looks as if it's a Metroidvania Dark Souls game. Yeah. Like if Dark Souls came out on the Genesis and Super Nintendo game, or Super Nintendo back in the day. And it was Castlevania. Yeah. So really interesting stuff. If you haven't checked it out, do so. I think it's like 25, 30 bucks. Okay. Something like that. What system did you say it was for? He's playing it on Switch. I It might be exclusive to Switch or PC. I'm not sure. Or Switch and PC. Um, what is it called? Blastovania? <laughs> Blasphemous. <laughs> Blastovania. <laughs> he also has some questions here when you're ready. All right. I'm good. What is your Blast favorite... Boys. Sorry. <laughs> I spelled it wrong. <laughs> you said, what is your favorite smell, Ryan? Oh, I'm not sure. I mean... I, I ha- really like the smell of burning diesel. Okay. Why? But it's also really bad because it kills your brain cells. Yeah. Like just walking, it was like walking by the buses as a kid. It was all the diesel smell from the buses. It like brings you back to your childhood. Dude, whoa. Um, that's a cool smell. I really like like a new car smell. Um, segueing, I just bought a new car. So <laughs> yeah, like I did. have that until I, uh, what did I spill in it? Oh, no, I, I brought dog food over to the parents. Oh, yeah. And it sat in my car all day and roasted dog food smell into my ceiling. Dude, we're just welcoming you into the 
you know, beautiful thing that is dog ownership. And yeah. that'll happen soon enough for you. Yeah, I didn't I didn't enjoy the new car smell at all. <laughs> Glad it's gone. I like leather. That's a good smell. Um Yeah, what else? I, I think like the really good cooked meal, like a, a steak and potatoes. That yeah. gets me going. I think to your point about the diesel, I love um and this this might sound like weird and I don't mean it to come across as such, but like when you smell certain perfumes or colognes like it reminds you of like my grandpa or even like teachers that i had to elementary school like i can't pinpoint i just remember being in elementary school your olfactory is your strongest form of memory savings yeah so like yeah so you can smell a smell and you'll be like oh i remember when that happened i think there's a um what is it there's a 21 pilot song that references like bottling a smell of childhood really yeah they make a like a reference to it or something like that huh but yeah no i love i love that i think it's just really cool to be able to smell a perfume or cologne and it takes you right back in time when you were like seven eight years old in elementary school yeah so that's one um campfire smell yeah that's the best when you know it's it's a nice autumn 50 degree e uh evening have a light sweater on have a nice fire going with camp campfire wood or the smell like after it rains it has a very specific like smell that's good besides the worm smell but like yeah as long as it's not humid though no yeah um freshly cut grass that's a nice one i actually kind of enjoy cutting the grass like my dad when he is out of town and i stay at his house or i have to watch or whatever and cut his lawn um i actually enjoy that quite a bit listen to some tunes like i don't know why everyone thinks it's such a pain well now, granted, I don't own a home yet, so I don't have to do it like three times a week. So maybe when that happens, I won't enjoy it as much. But yeah, I find it irritating because they, everyone, you're supposed to, if you're doing it right, go back and forth like in lines, and that's not the most mo- efficient method. Like if you circle the outside and then you like patch off squares, and then you can go cut off those squares with your pattern. It doesn't look like a normal like back and so it looks forth. like a two-year-old like took a crayon to a piece of white paper after yeah but you it's the it. most efficient method to mow your lawn uh, and it pisses me off well i can't wait till you're a homeowner and i can check <laughs> yeah, out your like, lawn the most janky mowed lawn <laughs> like dude can we call the town ownership ryan puts on a blindfold and just starts fucking hacking his grass <laughs> with a lawnmower ryan's out in the front lawn with a scythe <laughs> <laughs> going after his lawn <laughs> Oh, man. He, he's twitching now. I think he hit a power line. There's <laughs> cable. Uh, number two, Ryan. What's the grossest thing you've ever eaten? I actually have a fun answer for this. Okay. You go first. I need to think. So when I was maybe eight, nine, ten years old, I don't even remember how old I was. Um, my sister and I went over to a parent's friend's house because they had a euchre tournament. <sighs> And so something come to mind? Yeah, two things. Okay. So Fear Factor was huge. Like Fear Factor was like super popular. Yeah. Everyone was watching it. We Joe were Rogan. we were watching it regularly. And of course they ate like like cow feces and cow intestines and genitals of like elephants and all kinds of crazy stuff on that show. Yeah. And so we played and we were like each team has like five minutes in the kitchen and you can concoct anything that you want and bring it downstairs so we have an inventory of items to challenge each other to eat and then you had to each person had to consume the entirety of that item and you got like a point or whatever 
And I can't even remember the types of things that we made, just super disgusting, like you take like seven or eight different spices, throw some ketchup and mustard in there, mix it all up, throw maybe some sour cream and water in it, and then you have to drink something like that. Like that's the type of shit that we made. Uh, And I can't even remember what specifically I ate, but there's a certain spice that was in it. I don't remember what it was, but if I smell it, I'll know exactly. I'll remember where I was sitting in the basement, when I consumed it, and how I almost hurled after eating it. Oh, I'd for sure throw up. It was disgusting, and why we ever... We were kids. We were stupid, yeah. but... Yeah, so I think when I was young, I don't really remember this. My parents remember this, for sure. I There was a spider, and he got raided, and Mom went to go get a some toilet paper to like pick it up and throw it away how old were you like maybe one no i was like four okay yeah and she came back and the spider was gone there but there was just a spider leg hanging out of my my mouth and i had eaten a raided spider and they ended up calling poison control (laughs) and they're like "Uh, it's probably not good to eat raid but like he'll survive and that's probably why i'm all screwed up now um i was Another one was I was drink I was going to grab a straw and we had saved straws for some reason and I went to like suck on the straw just to like blow through it or like to suck on it to like see if there's air and I sucked in mold. Oh gross. And that's the thing I was like gagging on thinking about. You remember the taste? Yeah, and I can remember it like like you breathe in, you don't expect anything to come to your mouth and you just suck in mold and you're oh. like oh um, there's one other that came to mind. I just can't. I forgot it. Um, yeah, those are the two main ones. Crap. If I remember, I'll I'll say the other one. Okay. Um, uh, Travis's last question here says these are actually really good questions, and I'm glad we have stories to uh, complement these questions. Number three, he says, and finally, would you rather endure cold season with sandpaper Kleenex or a stomach bug with paper thin septic safe TP. Wait, say that again. I was trying to like cold season. I was thinking winter, not like being sick with like the flu. Yeah. So, so you, I, I, yeah. Can you read the second one again? Well, yeah. So so cold season with sandpaper Kleenex. Okay. And then or a stomach bug with paper thin septic safe TP, which is just paper thin. You if you hold it up, you can see through it. Oh. I'll take the sandpaper. Are you serious? Really? Yeah. I don't I mean I don't blow my nose that often. Well, that's not the point. You have a cold. Your your nose is a freaking fire hydrant. It's like it's coming water's coming out for days. Snot, gross. You're you're using tissues like well, a mad or, person. Or that I'm like fisting myself is the second option, right? <laughs> yeah, technically, I guess. <laughs> I'd rather not be fisted. I'd rather have like a really red nose. From, okay. Dude, fisting yourself as you're like just destroying toilets does not sound fun. <laughs> well, my thought process with this is if I did take the TP, you could just, you'd probably clog your toilet, but you could just take a bunch of rolls to make the thickness of an otherwise normal Charmin piece of TP. That's cheating. <laughs> well, I mean, that's that's what I have One to... One square at a time. <laughs> <laughs> do, you, do people do that, though? Like, I'm really curious. When you take yeah. craps, do you actually take, like, one little square of TP? Like, I'm not counting. No, I take three. And then you fold it, and then you keep it flat. You don't bunch it up because you get more surface area. There's something wrong with you. 
<laughs> oh my gosh. Man, that's... It's the most efficient method. <laughs> yeah, it's fair. It's fair. That's good. What do you do? You don't bunch it up. Yeah, dude. You're a whore. <laughs> that's what I do. I Are mean, you kidding me? Yeah. Toilet paper whore. I, I don't... Yeah, I don't really pay attention to my TP consumption. Dude. oh man that was good stuff thank you so much travis for running in we also um got an audio question okay from our good friend logan he uh i i I have to admit though i did listen to a few seconds of it because it was like four and a half minutes long i didn't know what the quality would be like actually the quality is outstanding nice so he must have a pretty good phone but uh you want to come over here ryan and we can listen to this Hey guys, Logan here. I just wanted to go ahead and try this whole send in your question thing with your voice. Um, So I have a few questions and try to give some flavor to the podcast since you guys have been gone for a little bit. Uh, Give you guys some some material material to talk about. Um, I want to start off by saying I sound kind of weird because I was at boxing recently and got my nose broke. So I'm trying to learn, relearn how to breathe out of one nostril and out of my mouth. So... I sound like a mouth breather, I apologize, but uh, just at work right now, um, as I said before, I, I am, uh, I'm an exterminator, so I'm at a crack house on the east side, <laughs> spraying this vacant house for bed bugs. Um, have a little bit of downtime, so I figured I'd send in my questions. Um, I guess my first question would be, uh, are there any games that make you super toxic or bring out your toxic behavior? Um, Mine would probably be League of Legends. Um, I was banned off of League of Legends on my on my uh, main account for being among the zero point zero zero six percent of players that were toxic enough or negative enough to be banned. Hmm. Uh, Not just like blatant racism or anything like that. It was just me being negative either to the other team or my team, Um, and they banned me for just being being an asshole, I guess. But zero point zero zero six percent of players. That's a that's a that's a damn good accomplishment to me. All right, I took that with a grain of salt. Um, so yeah, League of Legends would probably be my uh, my game that brings out my toxic behavior. Either that or melee. I just hate losing in games that I know that I'm good at. Uh, I think I e- linked uh, the Twitter thread um, to where I'm arguing with Riot to try to unban my account. So you guys can take a look at that. We had a a nice back and forth there. Um, so that's that. Also, melee, uh, just lame players in general. Um, they they kind of irritate me too, especially like Jigglypuff players in melee. That's like uh, that's just like super unskilled. So that that that's one character that really grinds my gears. Um, my next question is, I guess, what would be your guys's fifteen minutes of fame in life? What's what's you know your guys's kind of claim to fame? Uh, besides m- me having my ki- my first kid on the way right now, I guess it would be um, my GoFundMe that I wrote like two years ago. I got a speeding ticket here in Ohio. Uh, I got pulled over by a state highway patrolman. Um, and I kind of wrote a GoFundMe kind of explaining the whole process of me racing. And, you know, Amazing. I kind of I wrote it in a comedic way uh, with comedic relief. And I posted it in my one of my like melee groups when I was like a junior in high school. And it, or maybe a senior, 
and it went viral because it got shared outside of that group to like a few of their friends and a few of their friends you know it kind of spreads like herpes you know <laughs> everybody just gets it at some point so it kind of just spread and everybody was was sharing it and it went viral and i guess i got wrote on by like espn and like all these other news articles and stuff so what? i think i went ahead and linked that too um gofundme recently took it down just because i think it's been like two years or whatever three years so i can't i couldn't find the original link but i linked one of the uh news articles that just copy and pasted what 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 was in my gofundme so you guys can take a look at that um I gotta say, it's it's some pretty good writing, if I do say so myself. <laughs> um, my next question would probably be, what is your favorite sub place? Um, I used to think Subway was the shit, um, and then I tried all these actual sub places like <laughs> um, like Firehouse and what's the other Jersey Mike's, and they just completely blow Subway out of the water. So I guess, what's your guys' favorite sub place and your favorite sub? Um, mine would probably just be like a good old Italian. Uh, I can't really think of any other subs that I really have a go-to. Maybe tuna. I really like tuna, but everybody hates tuna. So I it's guess like worst. Italian and tuna would be <laughs> it for me. And I, Rusty, I think you've talked about on the podcast before that you used to work at Kroger's. And I did too when I was like 16, 17. Nice. That was probably like one of the most depressing times in my life. Oh. Though, being around a whole <laughs> bunch of like 40 and 50-year-olds that are okay with stock and cheese for the rest of their life. It's because you're union You know, yeah. making whatever they, they're capped out at. And then uh, it was just depressing with those white fluorescent lights just stocking cheese all day, every day. So, uh, and now I'm killing bugs in crack houses. So I guess <laughs> I, I kind of graduated. Um, and then I think that's it. Um, I'm glad you guys are back. Um, hopefully this works. I don't know if it does. But uh, if so, thanks, guys. Good stuff. Thanks for writing in, Logan, or <laughs> calling in, I guess I should say. Um, well, first of all, a congrats is in order for uh, your child that's on the way. That's awesome. Yeah. Good stuff. Um, all right, Ryan, let's kind of dissect the... And good luck finding crack. Yeah, the number of questions here that <laughs> uh, right. you kind of laid out for us. So the first one was toxic gaming. Ah, yes. What about you? Um, I would definitely say Smash Bros. I don't know if I'm like necessarily like I have to win, but I'm definitely very competitive. Yeah. In like pretty much everything I do. Yeah. Um so I want to win, so I generally take it pretty seriously. Dark Souls <laughs> like those like I generally don't like yell at things, but oh. I, I've definitely yelled at my computer or like when I beat stuff I'm screaming yeah. sometimes. Yeah. Um let's see Pokémon yeah gets me toxic um i don't know if i'm i'm generally not a toxic like yelling at people i generally just like screwing around Mm -hmm. but i'm not like trying to ruin anyone's game or whatever it's just more me being competitive and like angry if i die early on yeah yeah no i hear that um, Lauren got kicked off of Club Penguin for sexual harassment of kids. So well, I think, <laughs> I think we need to validate the legitimacy of that. That, seems that like is a... the story we're sticking with. Okay, we're moving on. Um, <laughs> for me, I think earlier on, certainly in my, my teenage years, uh, I played a lot of Call of Duty 3 with my buddies, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 4, um, Halo, uh, Rock Band and Guitar Hero and things like that. And I think I was very like I'd, I'd lash out pretty significantly i think i told the story in the podcast when um i was <laughs> i was playing madden with my buddy yeah. my buddy nick and he was just excellent at sports games I, I could beat my friends 
most of the time when like when it was GoldenEye, Perfect Dark, Call of Duty 3, Modern Warfare, like those types of shooters I was pretty good at. Um, but sports games, like single player, I suck. And then when I'm playing against someone who's an all-star, my buddy Nick, I also suck. Yeah. And so he just kept picking me off. Like I, I just kept throwing interceptions. And so it got to a point where he picked me off like a third or fourth time. And I was standing up when I was playing. And I turned around and just ninja star threw my 360 controller at his face and it like hit his tooth. Yeah. And thankfully it like didn't chip a tooth because otherwise like I would have been paying for a dental bill. Yeah. But yeah, like when I was younger, I'd really kind of get heated and lash out. Um, well, we're playing like not LARPing, but kind of LARPing. Like you have a stick and it's a sword. And like I was trying to be a wizard and I wanted to win because mages beat warriors obviously in the triad that is range melee and magic okay and my uh firebolt was a rock and i <laughs> chucked it at my friend's head and i cracked his head open and i, I that's considered pretty toxic yeah i he, think so yeah he had to they had to glue his head together how's he doing now he's a dick okay but you think that's a direct correlation between you throwing rocks at his face? Yeah. Okay. I He was going to be a good person. <laughs> and then I hit him with a rock and his personality changed. Yeah. Yeah, I wasn't allowed to play with him for a while after that. <laughs> <laughs> good. But I won, obviously. Yeah. Magic beats warrior. Looks like um, I pulled up this thing of his for League of Legends being banned and... Yeah, nothing I want to get into in the podcast, but it looks uh, pretty pretty intense there, Logan, with the uh, the Twitter thing and getting banned uh, from League of Legends. Good stuff. But yeah, I think other than that, uh, certainly Smash Brothers. More Brawl and Melee than Ultimate. Okay. Um, I've only played Ultimate, I guess, once, really, with other people, and that was that one night I came yeah. over for a few hours, and I didn't care. I was typically like, the first one gone. And no, it was a lot of fun. But yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I wouldn't say I'm like a very competitive person now. Even with sports, like I used to be psychotic when it came to the Pittsburgh Steelers. I'm still a humongous fan, and when they lose, like last week against it's the, because you didn't do your ritual at the beginning. That's right. Um, when we lost to the New England Patriots, 33 to what was it, three? Um, that was a disappointment, especially because now that we've gotten the toxicity that is Antonio Brown out of. And we, the Patriots got him. Yeah, well, thank God he didn't play with them that night. But, um, you know, we don't have him anymore. We don't have the headlines of Le'Veon Bell on the team. And again, it's the first game of the season. I think we still have a, a lot of good stuff ahead. Um, but it was and just... if you think I'm wrong, I'm going to kill you. That's right. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, it was whatever. We lost the first game of the season. But, like, previously, I was super into like the Steelers and like even like if Big Ben threw an interception like I just went like your dad with OSU freaking nuts yeah like that okay and my dad with Ohio State Buckeyes is like crazy yeah um, I've seen that one yeah um and I think because of that like I saw that and I wouldn't want like my future son or daughter looking at me and like swearing up a storm and just turn it down a few notches yeah exactly so um Good stuff. What was the next question? Ryan? The next question was 15 minutes of fame. I was, um, so at our school, we had elementary school, we had something called invention convention uh -huh. and it's where you had to create some sort of invention 
and then showcase it to the school. Yeah. And you kind of like, it was in the cafeteria. Each person kind of set up camp and then teachers and students would walk around and you, if they asked like, Hey, what, what's your invention? You could talk about it and whatever. Well, um, CBS news, one of the, the news stations came in and they were, they were like walking to the different tables and were like, does anyone want to be on the local news for yeah. this invention convention? And all the kids like said no. And I'm like, yes. No, I said, hell yes. My seven year old self. And what I created the most ridiculous thing that, isn't even an invention i took a broom and my dad jerry-rigged it to attach a little portable radio so i would just broom but have the convenience of music playing (laughs) right in my like right next to me basically steve jobs stole the ipod idea from me (laughs) (laughs) but um we're still working on that lawsuit yeah we are (laughs) i'm still trying to get my cut of the coin there but um I guess that would be my 15 seconds of fame. Other than that, I think I talked about it. And thanks to Logan for finding the actual tweet. When I tweeted after the Force Awakens trailer, mm-hmm. um, and like a thousand people liked it or whatever, I've never had that number, you know, yeah. many people. Hmm. Well, I've never really done any, I don't really do social media, so I don't really have any of those. Um, as far as like news related stuff, I was bored in high school with some of my guy friends and we all had beards so we made a club the beard club and we got it sponsored by one of the teachers and i don't know how the dispatch around us came to find it but i ended up getting a call and they're like hey i'm from the blank dis or like middle earth dispatch um i heard you created a club the beard club do you have a couple minutes to talk about it and i was like what is going on? Oh my like, gosh. are you guys? It's like a slow news story day, and they are like, and I answer <laughs> questions about like, what do you guys do in the Beard Club? And like Ryan, my old boss, he ended up sh- like, fi- I told that story like one day at lunch, and he ended up finding it. Oh and no! Like emailing it to the entire team, and like, there's some ridiculous quotes. Like, Ryan, if you're listening, um, if you can get a hold of that again. Email it to Otaku Brothers Podcast at gmail.com. We'll read it next show. It's ridiculous. Like, uh, let's just, I don't, I don't, I can't even look at I was like, I was naming off people who are my beard idols. Oh my gosh. And like, how we go over beard care. And like <laughs> oh gosh. Grooming and like techniques and like all this shit. And I was just. I didn't care, and I was, like, kind of bored, so that's kind of what... Bad things happen when I'm bored. I'm aware. Yeah, so... Yeah, I ended up getting interviewed about beards, and we my abs- principal was pissed. Like, because th- they had just become a, a blue-ribbon school, which is, like, nationally ranked as being, like, amazing. High prestige. Yeah, and that wasn't in the paper. Beard clothes. <laughs> and he's like, Ryan, are you kidding me? Your article could be replacing our like prestigious like his paycheck or bonus is based off of yeah. like how many people know. So I just I just picture like a really over enthusiastic Ryan smiling like on the front cover of the No 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 the, the cover is intense. Like it's actually the dude who I hit with a rock. He has a really long beard, and I have, like, a semi-tamed beard. And then there was a dude who was on my swimming team and football team who had this gigantic, like, untamed, just man beard. Kind of like the uh, 
the ginger from Game of Thrones. Oh yeah, Torment. Yeah, Torment. And it was just us, like it was a shadow, like it was dark, so it silhouetted our faces, and it was those two long bearded dudes with me in the middle. <laughs> and it was just like us staring there, and I was like, I don't even remember taking that picture, but it was intense. We need okay, so not I only think, no, no, no. the Columbus Dispatch came to our school. Oh my and we gosh. took it in the school with like lighting and stuff. Not only do we need to get a copy of this and read it on the podcast, we need to post that picture on the Discord. Beard Club. Ryan's actually looking for the email now in his uh, email history. And if he can find it, we're reading this shit live right now. Bearded Boys. Yes, let's do this shit. Do you want to pull it up on your computer? How? Can you email it to me? Search bearded boys. Oh, you ser- okay? You're searching the internet for it? Yeah. Oh, it's out there. Bearded boys. What else did you post? Columbus Dispatch. Okay. Everyone knows where we live now. That's right. Don't come murder us. <laughs> bearded boys lifestyle. I'm trying to see if. The- oh gosh, this is gonna be the greatest <laughs> thing ever. Um. Oh, wait, it's not going to let me get in. I have to subscribe for this thing? No, you don't. I was in. Hold on. Um, Do the second link. The second link? Okay, I'm, I'm getting in there Join now. the Beard Club. <laughs> Lifestyle article? No, that's not letting me in either, dude. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. We'll read it on the next, next episode of the podcast. Um, well, I wonder a- if I can go to images, and I wonder if it's there. No. Oh, well. Well, that's unfortunate. But we'll get it. Don't even worry about it. Next episode of the podcast. If we have to, we'll subscribe 99 cents to get access. <laughs> <laughs> Those are the links the Otaka Brothers podcast are willing to go to yeah. supply you guys with the best entertainment. You're welcome. So, yeah, seriously. I'm looking forward to reading that article live I'm on the podcast. trying to see if my picture's in here. Don't even worry about it. I actually, my mom printed it out, or like... Cut it out of the newspaper and I have it framed in my closet. <laughs> I don't doubt that for a so, second, Ryan. Worst case, we'll have to print it out or the uh, slowly. It looks like old fashioned, like some of the like Titanic articles. Yeah. Where it's like fading and yellowing brown yeah. <laughs> to it. Good stuff. It's like, oh, back in the 1920s when my grandfather was part of the Beard Club. <laughs> <laughs> you founded the Beard Club. You're going to pass that on for generations, Ryan. Gosh, I know. My glorious facial hair. All right, so I guess another thing that isn't like newspapery fame, mm-hmm. but it was back in high school, so it was like fame within my high school. Um, I was friends with a lot of the people who did the sports, so like I guess the cool kids <laughs> yeah. or whatever high school deems is the cool kids. And they were doing like we did, what are they, rallies or pep rallies? That's yeah, what they were. yeah. And everyone, the entire school would meet, like all the four grades would meet in the gymnasium. And they'd like, hey, guys, we're going to do football shit. Like, (laughs) oh, let's talk about our grades and stuff. And it's boring as hell. And pep rallies were like the worst, most. You're like, uh, at least we're getting out of class. Unnecessary piece of crap. Yeah. But like they screwed. They lowered all the classes by like five minutes, which was really nice. That's true. Um, So one of my friends who was on the football team he was like, hey, Ryan, we're going to do this uh, pep rally show. You want to join in? And I was like, 
screw it why not so the fact that he knows to go to you though (laughs) that's the problem yeah it was a lot of like yeah the football players and so the wrestlers and stuff and like i had done sports with them in the past so like yeah sure and it was like all of us in wife beaters Mm -hmm. and like short shorts and like we had spray painted names on our wife beaters and like (laughs) it was like everyone to have risque names Mm -hmm. and i was i I was like they're like what do you want your name to be i was like i'm papa smurf oh gross that's that's totally what i'm gonna be and what we did is like after school we met i don't know for a couple weeks and rehearsed a corrugated choreographed choreographed god i've been working too much corrugated a choreographed like dance yeah to Kesha's song TikTok. Oh no! And uh, so we went out in the gymnasium, and uh, we just strutted out to like Kesha, and we started doing this dance. And there's like we couldn't. The principal wouldn't let us do it if we did pelvic thrust or like sexual stuff. So like we got as close as we could to the line oh, without no. like jumping over the line. Yeah. And um, like we did the thing where you're on all fours and you like you go in and out with your stomach. Oh so yeah. Like I don't know who does that. Maybe I don't know Beyonce or someone. Rihanna. Rihanna or someone. someone like that. So we did that and like everyone's going crazy and then they're like, well, "There's one song in TikTok where it's like, let the glitter hit the floor." And actually, that's like, let the bodies hit the floor. <laughs> yeah. like, something about glitter. And like we had put glitter in our pockets and we just threw glitter up in the air like all. 10 to 15 of us. Oh, no. And everyone's just like, oh, God, yes, glitter. <laughs> and, like, dude, it erupted. And I'm like, this is this is my life. Like, I'm in a Papa Smurf outfit, <laughs> wife beater, throwing glitter. People are screaming. I'm like, as close to as sexual as I could get being, like, 17. And that's the day my male stripper career began. Yeah. <laughs> And that's the day I followed Ricardo Milos. That's right. <laughs> yeah, that was a good time. Wow, that's good stuff. I, the video's still out there. I just, I don't know if it's still on, um, I don't have Facebook anymore, but it was on this girl, one of the cheerleaders, because the cheerleaders were the ones recording it. Nice. Well, after this, we'll, we'll check it out on my Facebook. <sighs> yeah, that's something we don't, we're not going to post. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's, yeah, way over the top. Yeah. Because um, everyone's underage. That's so. true. It's true. All right, Ryan. What uh? What other questions does? So uh, the last one was the sub place. Yes. Um. So funny. He said. Uh, I think he said Jersey Mike's. No shit on Subway. Well, yeah, rightfully so. Dude, I am a Subway fiend. <laughs> I know you are. You, dude. I, well, it's you're one, basically Jerry, the spokesman, except minus the child pornography. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> <laughs> Let's make that one abundantly clear. Um. Yeah. So, I love, I like Subway. I mean, you know what you're getting. You're not getting like a high value sub. It's like $10. Yeah. Um, Hormone injected chicken. <laughs> yeah, it's good, I guess. Well, they, they're at Walmart and it's like, hey, I've portioned out my meal. I need this amount of carbs. Let's a Subway with some vegetables. It's called a day. Yeah. And um, so, Subway, I generally get um, like a cheesesteak sandwich. With all the vegetables, which is lettuce, cheese spinach, steak or Philly steak. Cheese. What's the difference? 
It's not from Philadelphia. It's from a Walmart. <laughs> it's a cheesesteak. Uh, when you said that, I was thinking... They, cheese- fran- they cut off the franchised Philly portion. <laughs> when you said that, I was I still had cheesecake in mind. So like when you said I order a cheesecake sub, I was like, wait, what? do you mean Philly steak? The reason he has cheesecake in his mind is because, not from the pebbles thing that we mentioned earlier, but from, I was talking about World's Strongest Men eating cheesecake on their cheat meal. And uh, how they ate um, a bunch of cheesecake and then um, a hamburger challenge, a Diet Coke, nachos, and then dessert. So That's disgusting. Food, the same amount of food that we generally eat. Typically, 20,000 calories. Let's go. Well, have you ever seen the, what is the, um, it's like that bro guy who drinks with a, like he has a beard and he makes ridiculously large um, food concoctions. I have no idea what you're talking about. Does that ring any bells? No. Some bearded guy that drinks and makes food concoctions. Yeah, there was like meat gingerbread house. What? Meat gingerbread. You search some questionable things on your work computer. Booty O's. (laughs) (laughs) Meat gingerbread houses. It is Slaughterhouse Christmas special epic mealtime. Epic Meal Time. Okay. A big YouTuber back in the day. Okay. Yeah, I don't. I'm not. It was familiar. an 86,997 calorie slaughterhouse of just meat and cheese whiz and like bacon. Tasty. And, yeah. Good so, stuff. So I guess getting back to the root of Logan's yeah, question subs. and sandwiches uh, or subs. So Lauren and I actually went to. Um, I thought he said Jersey Mike's um, when he was talking about. In comparison to Subway, he ate at real sub places. I think Laura and I ate at Jersey Mike's um, on our way home from St. John at the yeah. airport. But if I had to like select my favorite sub place, it's probably a Penn Station. Yeah, that's, I wrote that one down as well. Um, the because there's so many com- different components to a sandwich or a sub, but one of the most important ingredients of a sub is the bread, and mm-hmm. I think the bread at Penn Station just rules all sub places. No, it's really good bread. Um, and they got the fries. Oh, dude. Yeah, their cookies are also like melt in your mouth chocolate chip goodness. Yeah, is there a Penn Station around here? Is it just that where we went to? There college? are, but it's not like Subway. We're gonna find them chilling in Walmart. Like yeah, yeah. They no- have their quality. <laughs> yeah, I think that's kind of what I was alluding to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I I wrote down Penn Station. I really like it. Good stuff. That's well, where I would consider it a Philly cheesesteak. Not just a cheesesteak. <laughs> okay. Okay. Because that's what I get there. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Logan. Those are all of his questions, right? Correct. I appreciate you calling in. Good, uh, good discussions. And uh, Travis, of course, as always, I appreciate you writing in. Ryan, we should probably get into the games that we've been playing recently because we got a lot to talk about. Yes, we do. Do you want me to kick it off? Sure. I'll, okay. So I'll kick it off to talk about the games I played on vacation. And then we can talk about the games I've been playing on the last couple weeks. Your and then we can talk about your new one. Yes. So the first game, I, well, I originally planned to not bring any video games on the trip, um, but I was like, you know what? I'm going to be on the the airport for a while. I'm going to be on planes for a while. I'll bring my Vita. So I brought my PlayStation Vita, and I brought just a few different games, and it was popping a few different ones in. But the one I spent the bulk of my time w- with was Lego Lord of the Rings. Which it's so great that you can play a PS3 quality game on handheld like that. Yeah. And it still looks so crisp. And 
Um, I've always been a tremendous fan of the Lego games, dating back all the way to the the first one with Lego Star Wars that followed the events of the um, prequel trilogy. Always good times, good collectathons, and I really enjoyed this one. It's no exception. Uh, the difference that they made with this one, and I think it started with maybe the second Lego Batman game, is that they add voice acting. Okay. So with this, you of course play through the events of the Fellowship, Two Towers, and Ret- Return of the King major events. Yep. Uh, but during cutscenes, they actually took the voice acting from the film and incorporated it in the game. That's pretty cool. Yeah, so that's really neat. And there's they always make funny, unique twists to some of the more... Um, Violent. V- definitely violent, but also emotional moments in the movies. Um, so like when Boromir got shot with the arrows from Lurtz, he got shot with bananas. So like he literally died with a banana peel like stuck in his chest. <laughs> so like there's just things like that. This just makes comic relief for some otherwise very emotional scenes. Mm-hmm. And I try to get the so in each level there's a meter as you collect the little um lego pe- studs or, um they're yeah. called studs um but it's like the currency and as you collect those there's this little meter that kind of goes up and so i tried to get um it, you called like true hero once you max it out on each level and if you do that on every level you get like a silver trophy the only level that i couldn't do it on was helm's deep Okay. Because when you die in the Lego games, you lose a bunch of studs. And, of course, that meter naturally goes down. Well, I was in a good place until the very end of the Helm's Deep level. But uh, similar to the movie, when he rides out with King Theoden, you play as Aragorn on a horse. And you're going down the path of Helm's Deep, that narrow bridge or whatever. Mm-hmm. And as you're doing that, there's guys shooting you with arrows and like sticking you with these giant pitchforks. And you die, like, it's nearly impossible to avoid them. And you die, like, three or four times. And I wasn't able to get the, the silver trophy. How close were you? Really close. Like, and it's, the controls are really janky when you're on a horse because you're basically just controlling him. You're not, like, it, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. Yeah. It's very, yeah, not intuitive at all. Um, so I wasn't able to do that. But otherwise, it, it's, it encouraged you to replay the levels because there's certain areas that are locked. It's like, oh, you need Pippin to fish for an item here to get to unlock a certain character. And so they encourage you to replay to unlock all the different characters, but I don't really feel a need. If I play through these games once, I'm good to go. Yeah. But it was a good little collect-a-thon to play while I was on vacation. On my way back, I have a couple of ga- uh, downloaded games on the system that I've had downloaded probably since I got the, th- the thing, uh, four years ago, I think. And two of which are games that have been really highly regarded over the years um, that had never gotten to. The first one that I played was Sound Shapes. And so this won lots of like Indie Game of the Year awards when it came out several years ago. And to describe it as simply as I possibly can, because it, I don't want to overcomplicate it, it's a side-scrolling 2D platformer okay. where you play as this little blob. Reminds me of Local Roco to a certain degree. Um but you play as this little blob and you try to get from one area of the level to the next, to the very end. And as you jump on different items or collect these various little orbs, it adds music to the game. So you start out, there's kind of just some ambient sound. Yeah. But as you collect these different orbs, it creates this kind of symphonic like little tune. Um, and it, I guess it encourages you to collect more of them because once you collect all of them, it's this just ridiculous song playing by the end of it that's really like synthy and that's cool, really cool. So you said side shapes, 
Sound shapes. Sound. Yeah, so it's just a side-scrolling platformer with, I guess, with a, a central focus around music. That's cool. And I looked, um, I, I looked up the game last night, and it actually the composer is Beck. I'm not sure if you're familiar with him. No. He has a really interesting... He's a musician. Okay, um, I figured. And he just has a really interesting... Um, I don't know, he's like a genre all into his own. He's just very different. Good okay. music, though, but yeah, yeah good stuff. Um, it so, looks like a cool style. Yeah, the the graphically, um, aesthetically... It's like it's, old school, kind of. Yeah, it's really interesting. So, yeah, check out Sound Shapes. It should be super cheap. I think you can get on the PS4 and Vita. Um, really good pick up and play. I think you can create your own levels and also share uh, or play other people's created levels as well. That's a nice feature. So, a lot of replayability. Like Mario Maker, except for shapes and sound. And there's lots of level packs that you can get. Like, there's, like, 16-bit packs. There's just a whole smorgasbord of different things that you can... Um, buy online. I'm sure it's relatively cheap. Nice. The game I spent the bulk of my time on the flight back, I played it for like, I don't know, three to five hours or something like that. And it's like a six to eight hour game. So I almost, I nearly beat it. It's Guacamelee. Have you played this or heard of it? Guacamole? Guacamelee. What is that? So this is a Metroidvania 2D side-scrolling platformer where you play as this Mexican agave farmer where he... Basically, the story starts out that he's going to be reunited with one of his childhood friends who also happens to be the El Presidente's daughter. Is this the one with the luchadore masks? Yes. So it's set in Mexico. Once you get reunited with your childhood friend, naturally there's this skeleton guy that kidnaps her, kills you. You, and by the way, this is all taking place on uh, Dia de los Muertos, Day of the Dead. So once you die, you of course go into the, the I guess the Mexican afterlife that they consider the afterlife. And when you're there, you meet this other person who gives you this this luchador mask. Okay. And once you put it on, then you basically get re- you get revived and you go back into the real world in an attempt to save this childhood friend of yours. Now what makes this game really interesting is that true to Metroid uh Vania playstyle you unlock different abilities throughout the game that allows you to um, break certain blocks that are disrupting your path to getting to other areas. Yeah. And so there's a lot of, um, what's the word? There's a lot of um, backtracking. Yeah. But the pacing of the game is so brilliant that it never seems um, tedious. It never seems um, like a pain or a bore to do. But the music's brilliant. You have like this um, just kind of Hispanic guitar music playing in the background. And later in the game, you get a mechanic where, or you unlock a mechanic where you can shift between the current world and Day of the Dead. And which that makes platforming both infuriating and chaotic, but also really rewarding and satisfying. How because is it infuriating? Because let's say you have this giant gap that you need to get across. Yeah. So you need to switch between the Day of the Dead world, or let's just call it for the sake of this conversation, the afterworld and current day. You have to switch to the afterworld to populate a platform that you can then bounce off of and then switch back to the other one to populate another platform. Yeah, Yeah, because the platforms only exist in certain universes. Yeah. And so that's when it's like, you constantly have to be pressing different buttons to switch back and forth to alternate between the worlds. 
I'm sure that would be a really cool flow once you get the hang of it, though. And that's the thing. Once you find the rhythm of it and you get into that, then it makes just... That's when the pacing is brilliant because you're kind of just flying through these different environments. Yeah, switching between the two worlds. Yep, yep. So it's really good times. I, I think the second one came out last year, maybe two years ago. If you haven't played Guacamelee, I think that's also on PS4 um, and again on Vita as well. But really fun little Metroidvania game and probably super cheap these days. Nice. But that's all I played on Vita. Um, actually, you know what? I also played Final Fantasy VII. Um, Ryan's getting a text message from Padre, I assume. Yes. Uh, I played Final Fantasy VII because that's downlo- oh, downloaded on my Vita. Words. And I got the furthest Ryan that I've ever gotten in that game. Sorry, I wasn't listening. What was the game? Final Fantasy VII. Oh, cool. Played it for like an hour and a half. That's the longest time I've ever played that game. I met Aerith. I fell through her ceiling in the church and landed on her flowers. Dude, spoilers. Yeah. Is that the one they're remaking? Yes. A couple new trailers recently. An recent- hour is the most you've ever gotten into that game. Yeah, I played it for 30 minutes when I was a kid, and then I sold back my greatest hits copy. At game Crazy, also associated with Hollywood Video. I am excited for that game. I am too. There were some trailers that released this week, but I didn't watch them because um, I, I, I feel like going blind. Yeah, at this point, the more I see, the more I get spoiled. Mm-hmm. But, cool. What have you been playing? So, I've been playing RuneScape. A bit. Well, I've done my uh, shiny hunting. And I've gotten my defense to 60. I I think last time I had my strength to 60. And then I got my defense to 60 on my old school account. Which allows me to wear dragon armor. Which is what I really wanted to wear. For nostalgic's sake. And then there was always this dragon chain body that I could never like buy. Because back in the day, it was like 14 mil, and it was only dropped by the Calphite Queen, and I there was no way I could ever beat her. Mm-hmm. So I couldn't afford it, um, so now I can. And I bought it, I'm wearing it, and it's great. Um, and then I last night, I just got 60 tech, so I'm going for the Dragon Longsword, because I don't want to do Monkey Madness for a Dragon Scimitar. Yeah. And... Um, so I'm going to probably do that later this afternoon. I was fletching to prepare myself for that quest Yeah. this morning. Uh, what else have I played? I played Borderlands. I got that last night. Yeah, what do you think of it? It's a lot of fun. Um, it has the same charm as the other games, same like disturbed sense of humor, yeah. which I yeah. really enjoy. Um, like There's an enemy... When you kill him, he says, put me in your soup or like just like (laughs) weird stuff. Like I'm going to grind up this dude I just killed and eat him. Good. It's it's really like a weird sense of humor. Um, And like I guess the premise is basically there's these vault hunters who are Twitch streamers and they Twitch stream themselves opening vaults and they constantly like escalate in their like craziness as Twitch streamers do like. You know, like the scare videos yeah. or pranks or whatever, and how they consistently escalate until someone gets arrested. Yeah. For, like, kidnapping, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's basically what the premise is, kind of, okay. from what I've gathered. I'm only about three hours in that we, I played last night. Um, and then the most important... Oh, gosh. ...is my shiny hunting quest. I'd encourage all listeners to fast-forward eh, six and a half <laughs> minutes. So I, uh, in the last two, like... It was that week after we recorded, and then you were gone that next week. That's right. So in that amount of time, I did my most amount of shiny hunting. 
And then this last week I was really busy and I was just collecting mythics, which is like trading out my shinies in the GTS for like um, Arceus, Meloetta, Genesect, the things that you can only get through events. Okay. So shinies have the highest trading power. Mm -hmm. So that's what I was trying to get. Just so I can go into the GTS and like buy Pokemon with mythic Pokemon. Yeah. Pokemon are a currency. Nothing more. They don't have feelings. That's right. I do not. So this last week, I only got nine shinies. Mm -hmm. And the week before, I got a lot more. So last time, I was at 191 shinies. Right? Okay. Close to 200. Okay. I'm at 412. What the literal <laughs> fuck? What? <laughs> I've gotten 221. I've more than doubled my shiny collection. How? <laughs> so... There's a Twitch streamer called Istin. Yes. Yeah. Istin, who does shinies. Yeah. And Ben and I broke the timing or figured out how to do the timing of the sh like shiny hunting. So there's like, he does a countdown of like three, two, one, go. And you don't go on go. Like you're too late. And there's like a brief window where you can, you have a higher chance. Yeah. So I have my two DSs going, and I, I mean, I did spend a decent amount of time doing it, um, but yeah, that's four or two hundred and twenty-one unique shinies. Okay, okay. I also have, which is really freaking good. You could probably do better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if I quit my job. And, yeah. Uh, and on top of that, I have about ninety duplicate shinies. Not including the ones that I traded to Ben already. And then I have a box just for Ben with about 45 shinies. So oh I'm sitting on, just in my Poke Bank right now, about 600 shinies. 412 of them unique. So that puts me about 57% through the Pokedex for unique shinies. Which is freaking insane <laughs> yeah that's pretty intense I mean, the like after i did the two weeks i'm like i doubled at my shinies and like 191 shinies two or three shinies per pay per playthrough is about the average yeah right i had 191 unique shinies that's and then insane. i doubled it one well, proud of you yeah so like a shiny drop if you're not going off of like streamers and stuff is one in eight thousand, and if you get the shiny charm, which is you have to complete the entire Pokedex mm -hmm. to get, it's like one in sixteen hundred. But that's still one in sixteen hundred encounters, which is pretty low. Equals one divided by. He's doing some shiny math. So that's point zero 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 six percent chance of every encounter being a shiny. Wow. But, yeah. The regular shiny chance is zero, 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 0001. So, so, yeah, I have... Long four, and short of it is... It's a ridiculous, stupid task that I have long-term gone after. I'm currently... <laughs> I put a lot of time into it. I'm at now... Hold on, let's... So, before you left for... Before I left for vacation... Before or like after our last recording, what was your hour count? Do you remember? Was I in the eight hundreds? No, seven hundred, maybe ninety. I, th I remember almost remember seven ninety one. Okay, seven ninety one. 
I'm at 871. Oh my gosh, Ryan. And I have another DS that's now at 108. Oh my. <laughs> well, I'm dual I'm dueling them. Oh, so, so it, it counteracts so like, the second yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not putting 100 hours here and 100 hours here. I'm doing like progressing. So like my Sapphire version is like 108 hours. And you're playing that simultaneously with Yeah, generally. Yeah. And then my yeah. Cool. So like as far as wealth goes in Chinese and like mythics, like I've been trading out each day trying to get about two mythics. I want to check something right now on eBay, Ryan. I want to check um, full. I want to check how much someone's selling a copy of Pokemon for with a full Dex, with a full Pokedex. Okay. Full Poke Dex Pokemon. Well, the problem is like, let's just say X. No, the people sell these. Um, Pokemon X, all 718 shiny game, all items unlocked, full decks, authentic, tested. $70. I don't believe that. I don't believe this person has 718 shinies. At least not legitimately. No, it's probably just you ROM hack it. Yeah. Um, as far as... What was I going to say? Yeah, I mean, I it's, it's a stupid. stupid uh, I guess question. the I guess the biggest question is what happens after that happens. Like you get seven hundred eighteen. Well, I want to. I what I was trying to do was, I mean, that's the end quest. Like I can. Like I become one with the Pokemon. <laughs> I <Rusty>. am Mewtwo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or Arceus, the god of Pokemon. No, I mean, then I could put down the Ruby version and be happy. Okay. But the thing is, like. I'm never going to be able to fully complete the Ruby Pokedex for all of them. Mm -hmm. Because, like, in Sun and Moon, you can get a shiny Keldeo, a shiny Hoopa, Zygarde, and I think uh, Celebi, which are Mythics, and uh, Zygarde's the final, like, the third legendary of X and Y. Yeah. And they're shiny locked... So you can't get them in game on Ruby and Sapphire. So the it's not coded into the data that you can get like the the white and like weird blue Zygarde. He's always going to be green and black. Okay. So like I can't fully complete them in that game because I really want to change everything. So that's probably why he has I guess eighteen. That's still high for Ruby version, but. Yeah, I can put them in my Pokebank and be happy. Okay. Yeah, then I still have to complete all of the unknown alphabet. And then there's two, three butterflies I still need. There's two event butterflies and one just random region butterfly. Gotcha. That was just my own kind of, I don't know. Once I saw the Entei unknown movie, I wanted to complete the entire alphabet, but... Good stuff. Well, I guess we'll... Oh, and probably... the quest for 99 rare candies okay. is my other one. Okay. So with all the um, wonder trading, I'll probably get there. But the, around the same time, I'm currently at like 504 rare candies. You said 99. You mean 999? 999. Yeah. yeah. So I'm at like 500. I think in total, it was about... F from my original 200, it was about 400,000 Pokemiles. It's just... For every a thousand Pokemiles, it's two rare candies. So okay, 
I have about 200,000 miles to go. Well, have fun with that. I yeah, applaud you it, for this crazy quest that you're going on. Yeah. I mean, it's a good... It's uh, Man, it's so fun to get a shiny to come through. It's... I don't want to put more money into a game like Star Wars Galaxy of Heroes. If this is your... Be like, this is... You can... And loot boxes... I will. I don't want to put money into those kind of games. And wonder trading is these kind of gambling, like random. Throw out one thing, like throw in a dollar and see what you get back. Yeah, kind of thing. And like Ben and I establish a hierarchy of like what things are worth. So like I throw out something or I throw out a shiny and I get something back of greater value to us. Mm-hmm. And I'm like growing my wealth through like a kind of dopamine gambling kind of thing but it, there's no harm to me yeah so it's a safety net that i've put up that's good i yeah. i think that's good for you but um that's why i was able to buy a car because i didn't spend all my money on galaxy here that's true well it's funny because i i sent you and lauren a picture of of uh, who i would I think would be you um with this jar like gargantuan husky in the wild with this just jacked guy yeah with his giant beard and i sent it to you and Lauren, and then you ended up putting this in the background on your phone. Oh yeah, and then you I'm s- sure this man is my background. It's fine. And then you sent us the photo and said motivation, and I, I saw it when like when I parked my car because I had a doctor's office. I went to um, the doctor's office yesterday for a uh, physical, and I was like, oh, that's cool. And then I went in, I sat down, and of course, it takes forever for the doctor to actually get to your room. So I was, I went back to the photo that you sent me, and I was like, what the heck is that? And I zoomed in, and I saw in your games folder you still had Star Wars Galaxy of Heroes downloaded. Yeah, I do. We, I like it that the that's more alarming than the fourteen thousand emails that I have. Well, that was just that was just you. I mean, yeah. that's not anything new. So he's eighteen missed calls, like fourteen thousand emails, three hundred unread text messages from me and Travis. Yeah, seriously. Yeah, but um, yeah. So yeah. I guess. Earlier in the week, you know, you were super hyped for Borderlands, and I think we talked in the last episode that I wasn't, I wasn't over the moon about pumping out sixty five dollars to get this game. Yeah. Um, I guess take a step back. So I'm getting rid of a few games. I'm gonna go over to GameStop today. I was reading on their site that they currently have a promotion for if you trade towards the reservation of uh, Legend of Zelda: Link's Awakening, the remake for Switch, you get twenty percent extra tra- trade credit. And so I have a stack of games over there, and now they have a great feature on their site that you can actually figure out how much you're getting for each game you're trading in. Mm-hmm. And so I calculated it up for all those games over there, and I'm going to get about 70 bucks. Nice. So that'll pay off um, Link's Awakening. So I'm getting rid of Sekiro, um, Wolfenstein Youngblood, and just a couple of PS4 games I'm not going to play. that comes yet. out soon, right? comes out next week. Yeah. Yeah, so hopefully I'll have some brief impressions so on it. So then are you eventually going to get Borderlands? Yeah, I think maybe a Black Friday That's purchase. That's reassuring. Well, I'll play with Ben. That's fine. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> well, again, okay. Let's get into huh? the, let's get into the. Huh? Re- oh yeah, cool, Ryan. I'll play with you. I've never had that Borderlands experience, looter shooter. I, can I can we get to the reason Ryan, Rusty's not playing Borderlands? Yeah. Okay. Touche. So earlier in the week, I you know we got back from vacation. I was playing a little bit of Guacamelee still. And I was just thinking, like, what am I going to play on that console? That makes me hungry. <laughs> yeah. What am I going to play on PS4? Wasn't really feeling anything. Um, wasn't really looking to start anything up on Switch. So I go to my Steam library and a couple of different things. Maybe start uh, an account in uh, Oblivion. Maybe go back to Skyrim. I was looking for kind of an open world 
RPG experience. Yeah. And I was like, no, let me go to the Steam store and see if there's anything on sale. So there's a couple old games. There's Gothic, there's Risen, just these third-person kind of medieval RPGs that I was thinking about downloading. Yeah. And somehow, I don't know how this happened, it was like uh, Aragorn himself was speaking to me. I saw an advertisement for Lord of the Rings online, the MMO RPG, that yeah. 12 years ago when it was released, Rusty wanted to play it so bad, but he had a crappy HP laptop that was like 250 bucks that there's no way it was running on that. And then I went to college and I got a Mac. And again, I could not play this game on a Mac. Nope, because they suck as well. Well, I completely forgot about the game, figured they closed all the servers. Lo and behold, it's still alive and thriving. One of the most overwhelmingly welcoming communities that I've ever been a part of. I tweeted that I started the game. Mm-hmm. And I said, I, so the first night I played, I spent like six hours playing. Yeah. Like I started at six, I was up until like 12 o'clock in the morning playing it. And I tweeted about it, and I'm like, you know, I'm a few hours into this game, really loving my experience. You know, I said I wanted to play this game 12 years ago. Now I finally have a PC capable of running it, and um, looking forward to more questing. So, like, a couple hours go by um, at work the next day, and then the Lord of the Rings online official Twitter account retweets it and likes it. And then people are just lighting me up. I got, like, 65 likes, got the dozens of comments saying like welcome to our family welcome to this world you know i've been playing for seven and a half years with i play with my kids and my my husband like all these like personal accounts of like these people that have been playing and enjoying this game people recommending me to join the discord so i joined the discord and then i got the same just plethora of um outreach and support about hey if you're looking for a kinship because they call guilds kinships in this game or fellowships If you're looking for a group of people to quest with, let me know. I'll help you out. It was crazy. And as you're roaming these open, you know, world environments that have some of the most, I almost want to say therapeutic, finger-plucking acoustic guitars with this melodic, like, Irish folk music playing in the background and you hear the birds chirping and the bees buzzing and all these different wildlife just wildly roaming the you know these these landscapes these there's deer there's um well there's wolves and things that actually attack you and bears and stuff like that um but it's just such a calming therapeutic experience and <laughs> i probably sound like an addict talking about this game yeah. already but like i totally understand the addiction that people experience from these types of games. What did you say last night where it was like, I need to get back to the world? Or like That was, so, that was this morning before we started podcasting. Okay. I'm like, I need to go back. Yeah. Um, and that's somewhat jokingly, somewhat serious because it is so relaxing. Mm-hmm. And I don't feel any sense of pressure to go back. I don't feel any sense of pressure to keep playing. It's just playing for just the pure enjoyment of questing and exploring and um, finding new areas that seemingly go on forever. I mean, I'm pretty sure currently I'm in the the area door um, area of Middle Earth, yeah. and I'm in like Breeland, so the, I can visit the Prancing Pony and things like that. And the music that plays right as you walk through the gates of Breeland, it's just this again, like this little Irish folk song that starts playing. And when you go on like a long quest, if you have to go like two thousand meters out of your way to go to a farm and kill a bunch of weasels or whatever once you come back 
it's like you're coming back from war. Like there's just like yeah. a celebration of music. Everyone's drinking pints. It's just so, so great. And one of the things that I experienced for the first time last night, because there's a chat box in the bottom left corner of the game. And so as you're playing, people are talking um, and you can interact with the chat. I haven't yet, but people were saying like, hey, music outside of the Prancing Pony in five. And I was like, what? So I went outside of the Prancing Pony and of course the, the overworld music of Freeland was playing. But once I got inside the circle of people, real world players were playing all of these different instruments and creating this crazy like like re- communal music. What through like... I don't know how it worked. I really don't. I don't know if these are instruments that they bought in-game and then there's like uh, music that you can just press a button and it plays a certain tune or how it worked. But you just had like 40 to 50 different real-life people, their mm-hmm. characters in the, this world, just standing there for like 30 minutes just watching this group of people play music and everyone was just chatting. It was just this great, tight-knit little community setting. It was so cool. Yeah. It was so, so neat. And I think one of the biggest things that I have to be careful of with this game is, number one, monitoring my playtime, you know, every day um, or weekly, whatever it is. But I don't want to join a guild or a fellowship because I think that's when people become tied down. They feel obligated or they have a sense of um, obligation with the people that they're playing with to whether you're a tank class or a medic or support, whatever it is, they... If you're not there, then one, you need to find a replacement, or two, again, you just feel obligated to be there. And for me, I've been playing completely solo. I haven't been doing any quests with any other people, which, similar to the Borderlands experience, you were saying, no, Rusty, you don't understand. You need to play it with people, and I do. I think I'll have a lot more fun with Borderlands 3 than I did with 1 and 2 because I will be playing with you and Ben and other folks. Um, But with this, I haven't even felt a need to play with other people because... I love having like my noise-canceling headphones on, exploring this world after a long day of work. Lauren goes to bed, and I, I'm just questing and exploring yeah. Middle Earth in an MMORPG. It's like everything what I wanted it to be 12 years ago and so much more, but I also know that if I played this in college, I would have flunked out. At least now, just my marriage will fail. You know, I mean, it's <laughs> like... yeah, I mean, the stakes are a lot lower. <laughs> if, we're, if we're being honest. Um, no, but all of that to say, <laughs> the Lord comes around the corner with like daggers yeah. for eyes. Well, here's the funny thing. So a couple of days ago, my wife Lauren, she's been on the show a couple couple different times. She was sitting over here in the chair, and we were chatting after she got home from work. And she's like, you know, honey, I need to get a new computer for my master's program that I'm going to pursue. And I'm like, okay, well, because the the computer that she has now is literally taped with duct tape on the back. It's a yeah. Dell. It's an old Dell. So she needs to get a new computer for this this master's program. And I said, um, well, I mean, if you're looking for a powerhouse machine, why don't you just get the same laptop I got? And she like looked at me like, are you serious? And I'm like, are, are you serious? Like, are you <laughs> actually considering getting that? Because if you do, like, hell yeah. I mean, one, we're financially in a place to be able to do this. Yeah. And secondly, like we could be playing Lord of the Rings online together. <laughs> <laughs> There's a hidden motive. Man. Like, it wasn't like, yeah, screw the Masters program, Lord of the Rings, man. <laughs> yeah, so... Are we going to kill the Belrog tonight? Yeah. <laughs> well, and plus, I think it'd be fun if for her and I just have dedicated date nights, as ridiculous as it sounds. It's like, okay, Wednesday night, we're going to sit down together and play Lord of the Rings online for a couple hours. You know, yeah. I think that'd be fun. 
and a bunch of other co-op experience games that we could play like Dead Island, Borderlands, whatever else, her and I could co-op these games on, on these crazy mm-hmm. powerhouse laptops. And so I text I text Ryan as she's considering this and I'm like, uh, so Lauren might get the same laptop as me. She pulls it up on Amazon and there's like this false supply messaging going on that Amazon has because it said like two left in stock. She's like, honey, there's only two left in stock. Should I order now? I'm like, oh my gosh. Not really. I was just, uh, you know, if you want to because it was $100 less than what it was when I bought it. I bought mine for like about twelve fifty, mm-hmm. And so this was selling for eleven eighty eight, And so she ends up ordering it. And yeah, and then I get a text from her like, hey, just bought the same laptop as Lauren, or as, as Lauren, as Rusty. And I'm just sitting there. I'm like, I just bought a car. And I was like, it's a really expensive, like him being gone. I was like, Order me one. <laughs> she, she was like, "I'll write you a check." You know, yeah, I was. I'll write you a check. And she's like, "Are you serious?" And it was like, she's like, "What type of mouse do you want?" <laughs> <laughs> and the same one as Rusty. I was like, "How much does it cost?" Yeah, because I wasn't looking to get something super high end. Yeah, because I was thinking, I'm like, if I were just buying an eleven hundred dollar computer, I don't want to buy like a hundred dollar mouse. Yeah. And so I was like, she's like fourteen bucks. I was like. Yeah, okay. She was like, it'll be here Friday. <laughs> nice. And the mouse came the next night. Yeah, so um, Lauren got one, Ryan got one, and then Lauren goes to work on like Tuesday or Wednesday of this week, and she's um, messaging her dad because they work at the same place. And uh, he's like, you know, the USB ports on our computer don't work any longer. Um, and he was talking on the behalf of your mom and, and yeah. your dad. And uh, he's like, would you would you consider ordering us one? And then Lauren's like, well, I mean, do you want to see it first? No, I trust you. <laughs> and so Lauren orders a freaking other computer. It'll be here Monday. It'll be here Monday. <laughs> and and so... He's like, there's no dust on her. Like, he was like, yeah, I want it. He's like, I should be careful when I tell her. Because we were at the gym and he's like, telling her that he ordered, like, telling me that he ordered one. He's like, I need to be careful. Like, I'll mention like, oh yeah, I really, I really like a boat. And it's like, your whaler will be here on Monday. I just ordered one on Amazon. <laughs> yeah. so it's like, oh, I don't have a trailer hitch to do it. Your uh, your Ridgeline or your Ford is going to be here on Mondays too. <laughs> He's like, dude, what? He's like, yeah, I just bought you a $90,000 boat. Well, it was funny because the other night Lauren took a picture of the specs or something and she sent it to him and he sent a text back and said, this is pretty high end. It's like, yeah, I'm running Final Fantasy 13 and Lord of the Rings online on max settings. Like, yeah. I think you're going to be able to search eBay and your fishing lures pretty well. Yeah, with, maybe Excel might work. Yeah, like... You might want to tone down the graphics. That computer's going to last them the rest of their lives. Yeah. But getting back to Lord of the Rings online, the crazy thing about this game is I'm playing it at the tail end of it. So all of the expansion packs are out. All of the patches to fix earlier archaic MMO design choices are gone. You know, there's no, like, 50 was the level cap originally, now it's 120. And I'm sure there's just a ridiculous laundry list of things that OG players would say, like, oh my gosh, no, you don't understand how the original Lord of the Rings Online was. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of glad that I'm experiencing it now where all those things have been cleaned up. Yeah, like, RuneScape's the same way. I played back in 2007... And now it's like they've gone through an entire overhaul. Yeah. Like they have a play, like a, a center where you trade stuff. And it used to be like you have to stand outside a bank. 
kind of where Varrock is better than Lumbridge, mm-hmm. like Travis was saying in his email, you used to have to stand outside of Varrock Bank because that's where the hub of all trading was and say, I'm selling 30 lobsters for this price. Mm-hmm. And then you wait for someone to come by and click on you and say, I want that for that price. Now it's you go into an exchange system, you say, selling lobsters, I want this, pr- sell this price, and you wait for people to buy it automatically. You just collect your gold. Oh, wow. And instead of like the verbal chat and like that kind of stuff, yes, it sucked. But like you now going back, it's like, you don't know. Like, I feel like such a hag. You're yeah. like, you don't know how good you got it. Like, Seriously. Back in my day, I yeah. did chat, talk to people. That's crazy. Yeah, so I'm, I'm really just lo- absolutely loving my time with it. Um, the wild thing is, so the questing structure is, um, it, it's made up so that there are epic quests is what they call them. And that's the main storyline of the game. And so when you start out, it's kind of like um, Oblivion where you're in a prison cell and Strider, Aragorn, comes to your rescue, literally. Yeah. And you kind of play out this quest with him in Breland and there's like a Nazgul that ends up like killing some dude or stabbing him with a Morgul blade like he did with Frodo. Yeah. It kind of plays on that a little bit and that's kind of what kickstarts the whole adventure and after that you're basically like free free reign to do and go wherever you want. Now if you want to travel and walk to Mordor you probably could but you're going to get like eaten alive by all kinds of crazy creatures of Middle Earth because I've already experienced that where I've gone too far out and I'm level 12 and I run into like a level 18 like spider that just eats me alive. What happens when you die? That's interesting. So you can buy, this is where it gets dangerous. So you can revive immediately and you get a couple free freebies for that. And you just revive right where you're at. You get half, You start out with half health and you can go right back into your adventure. Or you can get cho- you can choose to get sent back to the nearest city and I don't know, because it hasn't happened to me yet, I don't know what happens from an experience point and currency perspective. Uh-huh. Like if there are any penalties when that happens. I guess there isn't this far in the game. Maybe earlier on when the game first released, you were penalized with experience point loss and currency loss. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, but what I do know is that, let's say you go on an epic quest. You go through all the mines of Moria. You're at the, the Balrog, you know, and you're fighting him and you die and you run out of freebie revives, you can actually buy, using real-world money, um, like tokens from the store, and then use those tokens to purchase revives. Okay. So you have kind of a bank of revives. And that's where it, the the microtransactions, because it is free to play. But it's not over the top. No, I don't think so. I mean, I, I'm about 18 hours in. I've never once felt compelled to even go on to the online store. There is a monthly... You can buy a year subscription, I think, for a hundred bucks. So you get VIP membership. Yeah. With VIP membership, I haven't read into all the um, underlying details of what that affords you. Um, I'm pretty sure one of them is right out of the gate. You have mounts. You can ride horses. For me, at level six, I unlock the ability to have mounts. Now I think I have to go to a store and purchase either with in-game or real currency. Um, the mount skill yeah and then i can use that skill to get a horse and ride okay that's not egregious no i don't think it is at all and it's not like wolfenstein youngblood where it's like hey do you want to paint your gun camo yeah fork over ten dollars please i literally got a uh, a random drop of navy dye 
mm-hmm. from fighting or maybe it was a reward from a quest that I used to paint my cloak and my my front chest piece. Yeah, like even like in Borderlands they have this thing where you get to you can customize your character's appearance. Mm-hmm. And it's like a wardrobe kind of thing and it shows like customize your head, customize your cloak, customize this gun. And I'm like this could be a like a money pit. Yeah. If that's how they chose to do it. But you randomly get them throughout the world. Yeah. And I'm like that's how it should be. Yeah. Like yeah. Holy cow. Well, it's not it's not rocket science and that's yeah. why Bethesda really frustrates me with Wolfenstein Youngblood. Um, the official Twitter account for Youngblood posted the other night about some kind of, like, hey, we did an update about this, so it improves this feature. And I literally just tweeted them back, and I said, no, nah, I'm good. I'm going to sell my copy of the game next week. <laughs> like, And I will. I mean, it's just it's it's stupid that they built a game thinking that they can get away from it, get away with it in this day and age, especially coming away from the Battlefront ridiculous craziness that that was. Um, yeah. Battlefront 2, I should say, with the microtransactions. Um, Rainbow Six Siege is another one. Um, the list goes on and on and on. And it's the UK is apparently cracking down pretty hard. Yeah, they did like a um, in-depth review, and they basically said all the answers we got from these companies sound deceptive and took us forever to get this information. And it sounds like they're hiding shit. And it, I, I don't think there's a verdict yet, but that's just recently gone on. And I'm sure and like more RuneScape be... was one of the things. Like someone had spent fifty thousand euros. Oh my gosh. On RuneScape. That's insane. And like they were going into like different games and stuff, like and FIFA, this... obviously. But like seeing RuneScape on there, I was like, holy shit. Well, the really sad thing about that is, so that person who's put fifty thousand dollars into RuneScape, my guess is like that person has a legitimate problem. Yeah. Like the, they probably have. Like, they're so tied to this game and feel so compelled to pump more money into it because they have, like, a legitimate addiction. And it was, hey, I spent money to, like, progress my character, like, to get more money in-game, which you can kind of do through bonds now, which is, like, the, if you want to get into Members World, you can buy a bond. Mm -hmm. Uh, But you can also sell the bond for money in the game. Yeah. And then he said, basically, I bought this maybe $50 worth of money and I instantly lost it gambling to try to get more. Wow. There's a few gambling methods. Like, there used to be flowers and stuff that you'd guess what the color is, and then the other person would, you'd give them your money, they'd do the flower, and then if you win, they'd give you double your money. Oh, okay. But they could also scam you and just log out. Mm. So, like, yeah, it's a problem. Yeah, it really is. I hope moving forward, developers fix that i mean they don't continue coming out with it we've talked it to death i don't want to beat a dead horse here um so again getting back to lord of the rings online this is going to be a game that i'm playing for the foreseeable future yes and my guess is it's probably going to eat into a lot of the games i plan to play the rest of the year Uh, my must plays are going to be ukulele and the impossible layer for sure getting that of course i said i'm going to pre-order um legend of zelda Link's awakening pokemon is an absolute must let me pull up my list here um, yeah, mine's Pokemon in November and Borderlands until then, and then uh, offset some of when downtime with other Pokemon getting the shiny deck. Yeah, I, I probably still will get Nino Kuni for November December. I'd like to play that in the holiday months. Um, next month October, I would like to play at least one horror game. Um, originally, I was saying Resident Evil Seven, Amnesia, Hellblade's newest sacrifice. 
Hellblade would be a good one because it's a it's a rather short experience, and with it being so unique, I think it'd be a good talking point for the for the show. Yeah. I don't think enough people have played that, and I think it's certainly worth people's time. Are you gonna start over? Probably with it only being eight hours, I only played two. It's not yeah. like I'm losing a whole lot, and I want to play through that in one kind of cohesive experience, sit down or a couple sit downs. Okay. Instead of being like so, a weekend, so yeah, so removed from it. Um. Oh shit! I didn't mean to do that. Hold on. Um, I was going to talk about the the quests in this game. So it's structured in a way that you have tasks, which are you walk into different areas of the Shire and there's all kinds of NPCs that have a little ring highlighted over their head. The one ring, just highlighted. Yeah. And that's basically to signify they have some type of task for you to complete, otherwise a quest. And some of them literally... um, What's really great too is they'll have like they'll be like hey there and a chat box will open with a bunch of dialogue text that you can read. And some of them I have read, some of them I've just bypassed because I know all they want me to do is run over and either talk to a friend or go kill a bunch of weasels in their their yard or something like that. Is are there marker on the map or is there a mini map? Yep, so when you talk to this person um, they'll instruct you to do something. But there's a lot of backstory and lore to the discussion that you can read into if you want. Um, and they'll talk about like, hey, something of Buckland, go talk to them. And it'll give you some background around that character to provide some context as to why you want me to do this little fetch quest. So is this all th- like this is all accurate lore? Yeah. So they actually hired Lord of the Rings historians to come in and provide a lot of lore for the game. And they also came in periodically to um read through what was being incorporated from the developer from a developer standpoint to make sure it was accurate to Tolkien Tolkien's oh, writing. That's really cool. So yeah, I mean this is like legitimate stuff, which is which I really appreciate. And that's why I feel like um you know like when we do get Travis back on again to talk through the Cimmerillion and the Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit and however deep we want to dive into that lore, um, this is going to provide a lot of context for me because I don't feel as well educated as the two of you. Um, and the chances of me reading through The Hobbit, the entire trilogy of Lord of the Rings, The Cimmerillion, and anything else by the time we record, I, I doubt that's going to happen, yeah. you know, in all honesty. Um, and so getting little snippets of lore kind of sprinkled in as I play through this game, I think will be tremendously helpful for those discussions. Um, but the tasks, what I was going to say is that's kind of your fastest way to get experience points and leveling up. Yeah. And typically when you perform these, it could be as simple as like, hey, go talk to that person across the street about whatever. 350 experience points. It could be, hey, go kill four of these goblins and three of these moths out in the marshes, and then I'll give you one of six different items. And it could be um, a helmet, a sword, a staff, an axe, whatever it is. You can see all of the attributes of those items after you complete the quest to see what's in the best benefit of me. Yeah based on my play style because there are of course different races different classes that you can choose from at the outset i ended up choosing um like a gondorian warrior yeah or ranger of sorts because i wanted my character to be very much the style of aragorn but you can play as a dwarf an elf um a hobbit and then there's one that starts with a b it's i, I don't remember what the name is but it's it's basically a bulkier version of like a ranger or a gondorian sh- soldier okay um, so you have the tasks, those kind of fetchy quests, go kill a couple things and you get some experience points. And then you also have the epic quest storyline, which plays through the actual events of the films in a roundabout way, I would say. 
Yeah. So I started, of course, with the prologue because you're kind of forced to at the beginning of the game. And after I finished like the first four to five prologue missions, I kind of just went off and started doing a bunch of side stuff because I just wanted to get lost. I didn't want to read any guides. I don't want to be tied to something because I feel like most of this year, I've kind of just been trying to check a bunch of games off my list instead of really getting invested in something, not reading a guide, trying to finish it quickly. Just just get lost in this experience. I don't think I've been fully immersed in a game since I played like like Skyrim or maybe Kingdom Hearts 3, I guess, uh, earlier... Was it earlier this year? Yeah, earlier yeah, this year. January. Um, yeah, it's been a while since I fully immersed myself in like an open world RPG. And so I played like the first 15 hours without consulting any guides. Just, let's just play this, you know, completely raw, no knowledge of what to do. Now I'm kind of going back and figuring out, okay, what do I need to do to actually progress the main storyline? And I found out I've completed... Um, let me get down here. I've completed seven of the nine required prologue quests. Okay. Keeping in mind, I'm 18 hours into the game. Then it's split up into four different volumes, which I assume those to be the different expansion packs. When it first launched, it was called Lord of the Rings Online, The Shadows of Angmar. And so that volume um, has has 15 different books. And each book has like... And each book has like 10 to 12 different chapters and each chapter being a separate series of missions. So you break that down. Close to like 600 quests. Yeah. In the main story. And so if you're looking, if you're playing it like me, who's going to play it very casually, not trying to speed run it in any sense of the word, I mean, I could be playing this game for the next like five to 10 years, as long as the servers are still up. Yeah. Because I'm not going to be playing it obsessively. Um... But if I do play it casually, play a couple hours a week, five, ten hours, whatever it ends up being, I don't really know. Probably more some weeks than than others because per the usual life happens. Um, but I'm just I, I'm so happy that I found a game that one I can get a lot out of. It's probably also going to cause me to stop spending so much money on other games because yeah. I have something that I can kind of just sink my teeth into, and it's it's literally revolving around one of my favorite pieces of fiction ever you know, um, or franchises, I should say, if you will, like Lord of the Rings movies. Um, But the second expansion is the Mines of Moria. The third is Allies of the King. Um, So this is where you'd actually play like the Battle of Helm's Deep. The fourth volume is the Strength of Sauron. And this is when you actually um, do like the Pelennor Fields battles, Minas Tirith, and then you end up destroying the ring. But there's also endgame content called the Black Book of Mordor. And this is actually what happens in the events after the ring was destroyed. So I think like Sauron still like somehow like lies in the shadows. There's still evil creatures in Middle Earth that you have to take care yeah, of. Yeah, I think he's sent to the void, maybe. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I can't speak to the the lore behind it. Or I'm thinking of the guy who above him. Oh, here you go. Um, the overall. So there's actually a lore section on this wiki. It says the overall plan for the epic story in Lord of the Rings Online reads a bit like quote, most exciting places to visit tra- travel log for Middle-earth. Consider volume one, the last homely house in Rivendell, the evil city of Karndum in Angmar, the ruins of An- Anuminas on Lake Evendim, the uh, the ring forges of Eregion, crazy Tolkien stuff. And volume two has a similar list, the dwarf kingdom of Moria, the golden city of Karis Galahan in Lothlorien, 
uh, Sauron's Fortress of Dol Guldur and Mirkwood. In Volume 3, you'll explore Isengard, see the rolling plains of Rohan, and marvel at one of the greatest man-made, as opposed to dwarf, hobbit, or elf-made fortresses ever built, Helm's Deep. In Volume 4, you begin by journeying through many places within West Gondor to get to Dol Amroth. Then you'll aid the people of Central Gondor in retaking uh, Pelar Gear. Um, you find the Grand City of Gil- Osgiliath in ruins. Escaping Osgiliath, you make it to Minas Tirith, barely avoiding the advancing forces of the approaching siege by mere luck. You then find the Riders of Rohan somewhere in a city I can't pronounce and go with them into battle. Now it's time to march north towards the Black Gate and towards Mordor. Journey up through the wastes to the Battle of the Black Gate. So, and, and then they go into, that's not all. The Black Book of uh, Mordor is the storyline in which narrates the way through the unexplored territory of Mordor, while the epic quest line continues to trace the activities of the Fellowship of the Ring. So, Yeah, a lot going on there. Yeah, crazy stuff to explore, a lot of fun to be had. Um, if you're willing to dip your toes into it, it'd be fun for you to play. If not, totally understand. Um, but yeah, if anyone else has a capable PC to run this game and wants to, to join me, I think it could be fun. I'm not looking to commit to any like hey from 7 to 11 o'clock every night we're playing this game i'm gonna play when i have the time to do so Mm -hmm. um again marriage work everything else comes first with this when you when you're you know adult when you're uh playing an mmo so (laughs) no so it goes lord of the rings then work (laughs) and then wife well no scooby scooby my dog oh yeah then 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 lauren yeah now i love lauren she's great but (laughs) (laughs) lord of the rings online if you haven't gotten the the memo here out the past 35 minutes that we've been talking about it i'm really loving my time with it yeah i totally get why people love mmos why pete spent thousands of hours in final fantasy 11 with uh as well as johnny millennium um but i also understand that it is very dangerous territory for folks and you definitely have to approach it uh with that in mind yeah So. so we might not be podcasting for the next like couple months years actually okay yeah. we'll, we'll see you guys in like 2025 yeah no i do want to make it pretty clear that um ryan and i are going to try and get back on the weekly structure that's definitely the plan moving forward the rest of the year um i know i don't have any vacations i don't think you're traveling to japan anytime this year um unless it's like a last minute thing potentially october or november but it's still up in the air yeah and we'll hopefully you know plan around that and get episodes pre-recorded i'd like to get to a point where we have like one episode banked in case life happens and we just can't record yeah um but next week ryan if we can kind of wrap things up if you want here because we're two and a half hours in mm-hmm. um well, actually not necessarily next week in the coming weeks i should say travis proposed this to us um a couple months back i don't even know if he really proposed it it's just kind of how he structured it he sent in his childhood top 10 games of all time and then he also sent in kind of the last couple of gener- last two generations of games I should say is a more adult life gaming uh, top 10 games as well um, so I spent a considerable amount of time over the past week making my list of childhood games and then kind of the last decade it's very challenging yeah I chose to do top 10 um, childhood well, that's the UPS truck right there that just passed that might be your computers yeah they'll come to the door though right yeah all right, we'll wrap this up fast. Yeah. Um, so top 10 childhood, top 10 last decade, and then five honorable mentions is what I'm doing. But I'd really love if you guys as the listeners and gals would consider writing in with your top five um, because if a lot of people do end up writing in, I want to make sure we're able to 
um, not only talk on our own behalf for our own games, but also um, if multiple people write in, I want to make sure we can get all the listeners' feedback um, and their lists shared. So consider writing in, um, and I can always just hold on to those emails until we record those episodes. But again, your childhood top five games, and then the games that you've played like in the last decade, like I would say Xbox 360, PS3, Wii, and on is kind of like my cutoff, I would say. Okay. But yeah, I think it'd be really fun to talk about since Ryan and I haven't really revisited our top 10 games of all time since May of last year. Yeah. And I know my listing has changed considerably. Yeah. Um, And it's tough because you, I feel so tied down with like, well, Kingdom Hearts has to be in there. Perfect Dark has to be in there. But like, I could literally name top 10 PS4 games as my top 10 games of all time if I wanted to. Right. Because we just played so many outstanding games over the past few years even. You know, so... Look forward to that. Ryan and I haven't locked in dates for those episodes. It'll probably be kind of a two-parter extravaganza week, week, or uh, well, back-to-back episodes mm-hmm. talking about those. Um, but yeah, consider writing in about that or anything else. Feedback again, questions. If there's other topics you guys want us to cover, Otaku Brothers Podcast at gmail.com. Follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Ari Lewis 2011. Again, that's where you're going to find the episode announcements, when we can and cannot record, and then, of course, the uh, the Friday queries on the Instagrams. Yeah. Ryan, we were going to get to uh, some news stuff about the Nintendo Direct, but I feel like that's kind of old news for people that have already listened. So Yeah, so we'll cover that next week, um, and then we can do the 10 hypotheticals. Hypotheticals, yeah. We'll yeah. get back to that because... Um, Again, those are always good times, and uh, we don't want this episode to be too terribly long for you guys. So yeah. I think two and a half hours is a good good place to cut it. Good for me. All right. Thank you so much for listening. Logan, thank you for calling in. Travis, for the, the great email and questions and discussions that you had us start. And uh, everyone that wrote in on the Instagrams, appreciate that yeah, too. thanks. All right. See you all next week. Have a good one. Bye.